All right, Dynasty Plus, we are finally here to give you your fucking judgment. So sorry about the wait. Life gets in the way, and I apologize. We hate doing this to you guys, but we're here. We're doing it. We're giving it to you. So uh, I am joined by the Dynasty Degenerate himself, your teammate, Solonator, Steven Sampson. How are you doing tonight, Steve? Good, Brian. What's up, Dynasty Plus? Sorry I fucked up the last episode, but... uh, (laughs) Shit happens. So we're here to give you an updated episode with the rookie draft now. What do you think, Brian? Should we hit it? I don't see any reason to put it off. I think we hit it right now. It's time for judgment. So we're going to start with Triax line 72. Had the number one overall pick. Takes McCaffrey. Follows that up with Kelsey in the second. I would say it's a little late for him, but... Considering it's a super flex, it's actually a little early. <laughs> yeah. But nobody decided to draft any quarterback, so Travis Kelsey's there at 212. Austin Eckler at the 3-1. Evans, uh, he takes his first quarterback as Mr. Tom Brady. Tyler Lockett, Ronald Jones, Jarvis Landry, Michael Gallup, J.D. McKissick. His second quarterback is Daniel Jones. Not a stellar spot to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> Cole Beasley, who I think has been effectively replaced by Emmanuel Sanders. Tyler Higby is a great little tight end, too, man. I have high hopes for him. You know, Paris Campbell, we'll see. I don't know. He hasn't really amounted to a ton. Devin Coleman is allegedly the RB1, at least for now. You know, after that, it starts getting pretty lean. We're in the really late rounds. But uh, I will say that the Jordan Love pick, sneaky good. I also, I've been drafting Jordan Love in uh, Super Flexes because I think he's going to, I thought, I thought, hey, he's going to start next year. Like, they're going to break up. Rogers going to shoot his way out of town. And then all that shit goes down, and all of a sudden, I got Jordan Love. You might start this year. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, great little pick there. Uh, excellent foresight. Uh, I think it's safe to drop Drew Brees if you haven't already. I have a good feeling he's not coming back. I'll give a little props around 19, too. Jared Cook, L.A. Chargers. He doesn't have a whole lot left in the tank, but there's a whole lot of opportunity out there with the L.A. Chargers. So he's worth the shot. I mean, he's worth the shot earlier than the 19th. He's almost a steal right there. Yeah. No, I mean, he walks into an organization that loves to use a tight end with a young quarterback who did pretty well with uh, Hunter Henry last year. So he may not have a lot left in the tank, but at least he's in a good situation. Oh, absolutely. You know... Looking at it, it's, I don't see any really bad reaches. You know, we've talked before how I'd rather have Keenan Allen than Mike Evans. You'd rather have Mike Evans than Keenan Allen. What do you think about either one of them going before Allen Robinson? I mean, obviously they they are a little younger, but. I think it's a coin flip right there. I would, personally, I would have taken Robinson. Uh, my order would be Robinson, Evans, uh, Allen. But again, I think it's a little personal preference. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I'm like everybody else. I factor age into my dynasty decisions. But actually, Mike Evans and Allen Robinson are the same exact age. Yeah. And Keenan Allen's older than them. Yeah. So I would have taken Allen Robinson, like, without question. Absolutely no doubt. For the first time in his career, he might have a talented quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for me, I would have taken Robinson. Uh, I like Mike Evans a little bit more than Keenan Allen, a couple years younger. but. Again, I think it's I think it's just personal preference there between the two because they're they're fairly close as far as end of season. I mean, Mike Evans has the potential to be a top ten with Tom Brady, 
Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he does it with the number of mouths there, but I mean, he finished as the number eleven in PPR last year, and Robinson was eight. So, yeah, you're, you're kind of splitting hairs at that point. But let's talk about his next wide receiver that he takes, Tyler Lockett. At the end, oh, of the I was getting there. <laughs> I mean, that that's the one that uh, to me, I, I don't really care for, given some of the guys that he passed to take Lockett there. Well, I mean, not just him either. It's like, so he takes Lockett, and my first, obviously the first thing I do is I look at who went after him, and I'm like, all right, Deontay Johnson, OBJ. Like, maybe there were no wide receivers left. I see LaVisca Chenault. I see Michael Pittman. I see Cooper Cup, and I'm like, all right, maybe nobody was left, you know? But then I see Robert Woods, Tyler Boyd, Debo Samuel, Will Fuller. Will Fuller. <laughs> even, even Juju, yeah. I mean, the Chenault-Pittman Cup, eh. But but Woods, Smith Schuster, and Fuller, those three guys, and, and Debo, I think. Yeah, Debo. You could definitely put into that. But people still get in, they just fall in love with Lockett's early season last year and where he finished at the end of the year, which is extremely illusionary because all that production came in like three or four games. And, and the, yeah. in the second half of the season, he was, I think we did on our end of season episode, he was like the wide receiver 24. No, he was lower than that. I think he was like the wide receiver three or four at, at the beginning half of the season, and then he dropped. So, needless to say, he he was he was good the first half of the year, and he sucked the second half of the year. Yeah, it's definitely to me, it's inexcusable. It's like people they just they love the name. They oh, he he works with Russell Wilson, and you know, like Eric pointed out, you know, it's. It's it's getting tougher and tougher to ignore how Russell Wilson finishes seasons. Mm-hmm. He always starts red fucking hot, and then by the time you get to the end of the season, he's a borderline guy. It's like we got to figure something out here because it's I'm not going to keep investing in these guys to have them let me down in the playoffs. Right. Yeah. I mean, Wilson after week nine had one game over twenty points. Yeah. He had and that's one, a long fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> he had one game that he just barely crested 10 points. The guy that, that was against the Rams. Uh, yeah. Week 10. But, I mean, before that, the first, like like I said, like Eric said, first half of the season, 22 plus. You know, most most weeks he's 25 plus. So, yep. Metcalf didn't suffer as, as much, but Lockett really suffered the second half of the season. I mean, if you take away the 50-point game and the 30-point game in the first half of the season, he literally is going to be like a wide receiver four by the end of the season. Yeah, I want to say I think we I think we worked it out where it was like after week eight he was like wide receiver thirty seven or something. It was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it, it was something crazy. So I mean, I just I just quickly did some of the math and he he scored two hundred and sixty four PPR points. He scored one hundred and seven of those points in three games. Yep. So almost half of his fantasy points came in three games. If you want to draft him that high. To get those three games, more power to you. But he's going to be in your starting lineup for 16 weeks, and he's going to fuck you for 14 of them. You know? <laughs> yeah. 100, it was 100 and, 123 points. It's 123 points in three games. And if you if you take out those three, he had one game with 21 points. And that was the only other game he had over 20 points the entire season. So four games over 20 points. From week 8 to week 16... Tyler Lockett was the wide receiver 37. He scored 91.2 fantasy points in nine games. Yeah. 
Averaged 10.1 fantasy points. No, I, I left out week 17. And one of those games was 33 points, so. He averaged 10.1 fantasy points. That's what he did for you the second half of the year. Okay. I mean, brutal. Brutal. Cost some people championships. So, yeah, Lockett is definitely a huge second guess for me. Yeah. Gallup is a guy I've pretty much given up on. I would rather gamble on the upside of Henry Ruggs, maybe even an Alan Lazard, Marv Jones. I would have taken Anderson, who went the next pick yeah, after him. I'm not an Gallup. Anderson guy. <laughs> I'd probably take Anderson over Gallup, yeah, though. You're right. I mean, and this is before before Darnold was going there. This is still with Teddy. And with Teddy last year, Anderson was the wide receiver 19 in PPR. So you realistically could expect him to still be in the roughly the same range with Teddy there again this year, you know, if not a little bit better. So with Darnold going there, I would expect that to go up. But like I said, we didn't know that at the time. But even yeah. um, Brandon Cooks, I, I would have much rather had even possibly Devontae Parker. Um, this is pre, pre-draft. Nope. <laughs> I'm saying possibly I might want the wide receiver yeah. one in Miami over the wide receiver three in Dallas. Uh, I have literally never owned Devontae Parker, and I never will. I've, I have never believed in him. I always thought he was a bum, and the rest of the world finally catching yeah. on. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, overall, it's not a bad draft. So let's move on to uh, the rookie draft. Obviously, he didn't have a ton of needs. He did very well in the veteran draft, even, the, even though we do have a few picks we would second guess. And uh, in the rookie draft, obviously, at 112, he gets Trey Lance, which is a complete fucking steal. Uh, Rashad Bateman on the second half of the turn. Uh, Tutu Atwell at 312 is really high. But if you want him, that's the only place you can get him is at that 3-4 turn, right? So Yeah, but there wasn't really anybody that went after him that's that good. No, and I, I mean... I don't think Tutu Atwell is going to be that good. I mean, he's usually back of the fourth or even a, a waiver wire pickup. But, I mean, you know, that's what all these guys are. I'm just saying, usually Tutu goes later, but he didn't have a pick later. So, if he wanted him, he had to grab him there. So, I'm fine with it, you know. Yeah. Like you said, there's nobody went after him where I'm like, how did you not take him, you know. You know, Brevin Jordan, I think, is nobody. I think he's been overhyped. I, he needs to go He needs to hit the gym. <laughs> Honestly, for myself, where he's got Jared Cook, I probably would have taken McKitty instead of Jordan, just knowing that when Cook leaves, McKitty should move into that spot. So, Yeah, that would have been the long-term play for sure. Yeah, but I don't hate it because at least Houston does use the tight end uh, when Watson's there. So it, it may be a, a two-year developmental pick depending on how the season starts. But oh, I, th- I think he's at least two years away. I think he's closer to three personally, but. That could be a little bit of my bias showing through, <laughs> and that's you no, know, it's all that's very possible. I, I, I think he's, I think he's a prospect with some potential if he develops correctly. Mm-hmm. But it's it's definitely a two to three year development. Yeah, it's not going to be this year. If it is, I, I would be absolutely shocked. But yeah, so I mean, overall, I, I think he did very well in the veteran draft, despite a few picks we didn't like. I think he did exceptionally well in the rookie draft. Getting Trey Lance at the one twelve in a super flex is unfucking heard of. Yeah. So, kudos to you. You he fell to you. You you took him. Uh, you might have to wait a year for him, but I like Trey Lance's potential, especially in Kyle Shanahan's system. He's got pretty decent depth everywhere, really. I'd like to see one more running back with some upside, but 
you know, that's nitpicky stuff, you know, obviously. I mean, you can say that about any team, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'd like to see another running back. I'd like to see another wide receiver. But I, I don't overly hate any anything on the roster. There There is reasonable depth all the way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely – yeah, I mean, I, I think he did a good job. I, I'm going to score him – I don't want to go too high on the first team because it kind of sets the bar. I'm going to say 7.9, and if I have to adjust that, afterwards I will. So he's got a nice running back combo with McCaffrey and Eckler, and he was able to grab Kelsey as well. He took Brady, but he grabbed a couple of young guys that should be ready by the time Brady's out. So I'm going to give him – I'm going to give him a flat eight. Flat eight. So that is going to bring us on to Mr. Dakota Hall. Took Dalvin Cook at the one. T- uh, Steve, this is a super flex league, correct? Super flexed. Yes. I'm not opposed to taking positional players before quarterbacks, in, even in super flex. I thought about taking Dalvin Cook in our super flex. Mm-hmm. But it seems like nobody else was really that interested in taking them. But anyways, I digress. So he takes Dalvin. Yeah, no, Superflex, super uh, half-point PPR, but no other special settings. Not tight end premium or anything like that. Yep. So uh, he takes Dalvin Cook at the 1-2, followed by J.K. Dobbins. Great little stack there. Uh, Chris Godwin and Keenan Allen are his wide receivers, and he's got Aaron Rodgers right there in between them. So, I mean, getting Aaron Rodgers in the fourth in a Superflex is really good value. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I don't like but it is what it is for my three I, I i might take the chance yeah you can do worse i mean he had what 147 targets and 135 drops yeah <laughs> i mean 144 targets and, and uh 88 receptions so if he if he can catch 25 more balls yeah you know what i mean you're looking at a wide receiver 12 instead of a wide receiver 21 so absolutely yeah, I mean he's definitely he's a, he's a nice upside pick. I just you know, but, I mean for what was there again, Robert Woods was is probably the, the guy that I would would go to. But yeah, and I, I can't figure out why Robert Woods is dropping in every draft we judge. Like I know he just got a huge upgrade at quarterback. I know, and this this draft actually happened, you know, a, a month and a half ago, six weeks ago. So it took five weeks to finish when we did it. <laughs> but no, it. It's just crazy um, how some of the players in this this specific draft and others that we've done that happened afterwards have been dropping where their situation actually got a little bit better. So, yeah. So uh, anyway, so he also took Miles Gaskin at the seven two, which is looking like a great pick now. I was kind of fading Gaskin everywhere because I assumed they were going to draft a running back and they didn't. So it looks like uh, it's Gaskin and Michael uh, Malcolm Brown. So. Great pick at the seventh round. Get a starting running back in the seventh as a steal. I really, I really hope that he fell to me in that round. Yeah, I, I should have taken him ahead of t- the, the round before, and I didn't. I was kicking myself, but yeah, yeah. That, I I believed in Gaskin pre-draft. Um, unlike a lot of other people, I I, I really did, and uh, I think that's a great pick there. And uh, he took Robert Tunyon, who is somebody I absolutely do not believe in. I think Robert Tunyon is garbage. I think last year was an aberration. I don't think he repeats. It comes anywhere close to repeating those fucking results. And uh, I, I don't think he's really worth anything. He's getting drafted too high based on one year's production. You know, I, I, I was alive for Peyton Hillis. You know, I've seen what I've seen flashes in the pan before. Yeah, but Tanyan's been he had a great year last year, but he's been there in three years. And tight ends typically take three years to develop. 
And uh, spoiler alert, Tanyan is actually going to be one of my bold predictions oh, on our upcoming show. Oh, shit. And uh, I do think that Tanyan can finish as a top eight tight end again this year. Oof. Yeah, no, you're on an island. I, I know I am. Uh, I don't think the four, but I do think he can finish top eight. So, but he did follow it up nicely. 13th round, he takes Logan Thomas, uh, which is, I, I think he has a little bit of a shelf life because he's been around longer than people think. But I, I think he, he has his role carved out. He's been around, he's uh, five, seven years he's been in. Um, he's 29 years old, so he, his window is closing quickly. But he, he is a nice, stable handcuff, I think, for a couple of years with Tanya. I, I think he's going to end up being the starter, but. No, I think he is too. But I mean, with with Thomas and Tanya on your team, I, I like that. Yeah, you have um, a guy. If Tanya's, yeah, if Tanya struggles this year a little bit, you still can put Thomas in and and feel comfortable doing that with uh, with Fitzgerald. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he t- gambles on Anthony McFarland in the eleventh, loses. Uh, he takes Kirk Cousins as his second quarterback in the tenth. Robbie Anderson in the ninth. I don't know why I'm going backwards. I apologize for that. Just had to scratch to go back up from Logan, you know. And uh, <laughs> so uh, David Johnson in the 14th. Uh, I'm fine with that, I guess. I think Ingram's going to get some work. I think Philip Lindsay's going to get some work. I just I don't think David Johnson's going to have a very big role. I think it's kind of like a four-headed monster out there, and that's definitely yeah, but not if good. You look for at, fantasy. If you look at everybody else that went there the round before that round and then farther down not a single one of them they're all handcuffs mm-hmm. so he's he's the last starting running back off the board other than Tevin Coleman but I consider him more of a handcuff than an actual starter would you rather have David Johnson or Tariq Cohen oh that's tough yeah it's not that tough for me I, I would probably take Cohen but I still worry about Cohen with Damian Williams going in there and having all three guys so it, it, it kind well, of that's true it, too it's, it's kind of the same the same decision at least at least David Johnson, I know, is going to start as the RB one. It may not, it may not last past the first snap, but at least I know going into the season he's going to start. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I just I've seen Tariq Cohen do it this century. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I have too. So, uh, and don't forget, but, he does have a couple picks over. Yeah, yeah. So far uh, side of the board, the far side. He's got Darius Slayton, who is straight garbage, and Eric Ebron, who is straight garbage. Yeah. Russell Gage is somebody that you have a little more faith in than I do. I I think he's trash. Uh, he wasn't good when Julio was out. He wasn't good the year. He he's a DFS guy. He was to uh, me. he was actually um, with Julio on the field the week week one last year. He put up twenty points. Week two he put up sixteen. He didn't do as well with Julio out, but Julio wasn't there taking the coverage. So, well, that's what I'm saying though is that you you you've been saying with Julio gone he's the number 2 and i keep saying well when he's been the number 2 he hasn't been good you know to me he's a dfs guy atlanta wasn't good though those weeks that julio was out the only one that was that was good was ridley the yeah. running game was terrible ridley was the only good player when julio was out last year mm-hmm. olamide zacharias had a couple big weeks with julio out but uh, another dfs play but I, I think gage takes a step forward this year I really do. He'll be going into his fourth season, and yeah, so if if or when Julio gets traded, uh, I think he does take a step up. But for a fifteenth round pick, uh, I'm fine with it. So you're gambling on the upside, yeah. Which I'm, I'm well, fine. Yeah, with. Where, where he's going, and you're looking at your wide receiver four or wide receiver five, or what should be that guy. 
Uh, I'm definitely fine with taking that upside if, if that offense returns to some form mm-hmm. and, and he takes a small step forward. Because if you look at the guys that went in that range, there, there's not really anybody that jumps out that's even that much better. Jacoby Myers goes on the 16th, James White in the 17th. I think both of those guys are largely irrelevant. Breda and Buffalo, I how many chances are we going to give Breda? You know, I mean, we're talking about an 18th round pick. I'm not going to shit on an 18th round pick, but... No, he he's he's strictly a depth piece in case of injury, and, and it, not an, if he doesn't get hurt before one of the other two guys. You know, James Washington, Jared McKinnon. That rounds out the whole draft. Yeah. Overall, I mean, I love his running back core. I love his wide receiver core. He did great with his quarterbacks. Logan Thomas is a good starter at tight end, and if if I'm wrong about Tanyan and you have good, do you have two good starters? Even better. So, I mean, I've never been wrong before. But it could happen. One of these days, I'm bound to be wrong about yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at some point, you're going to be wrong today. <laughs> Thank God my wife's not on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm on text with her. Don't worry. <laughs> you know, uh, as far as like reaches, head scratch, we already talked about a couple, but Darius Slayton in the 13th. Yeah. I'd rather take the upside of KJ Hamler, Jamal Williams, Nelson Aguilar. I just, I, I don't see, I think Slayton is buried, fucking buried on that depth chart. And granted, not a lot of people thought that the Giants were going to draft um, Kadarius Tony. Yeah. But there there were a lot of rumors that they wanted Devonta Smith pretty bad. So that should have been a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, where they were at in the draft, they were poised to uh, really have a lot of options and, and, and take just about any position or any guy that they wanted. Yeah. So, yeah. I A lot of people are still high on Slayton. Yeah. And, and pre-draft, it, it was – they're waiting for the breakout. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think it's going to happen at all now with, with the addition of Tony So and the addition of Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously, we're talking about his wide receiver five. But at the end of the day, he still finished last year as wide receiver 54, and he wasn't behind Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony. Right. So I think that number only grows. <laughs> it, w- it was him, him, Sterling Shepard, and uh, Evan Engram. Well, no, uh, uh, Golden Tate came back. Oh, in that's like right. Week yeah, four week five, but none of them were spectacular. But Shepard's the slot guy, so Slayton's Slayton's out. Tony's taking his job. Yeah. Yep. So uh, obviously, the, there's some post NFL draft analysis in there, but I, I faded. I, I faded all those receivers for a reason. It was because I, I thought they were going to take a wide receiver. Right. You know, it's not like I got lucky. I was right, you know. And I, I think anybody that kind of ignored those red flags needs to be called out. So I'm doing it. Sorry, Dakota. Yeah. I'm doing it. When we moved to the rookie draft, he did address a couple of our concerns there. So he certainly did. So uh, speaking of the rookie draft, at the 111, he gets Justin Fields because apparently nobody knows this is a super flex league. At the 2-2, he takes Amon Ra St. Brown. Eh, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> oh, yes, we will. Because <laughs> he follows that up with an even better pick. <laughs> Dwayne Eskridge at the 311, which, as far as ADP is concerned, is a it's steal. Excellent. Yeah, no, that's excellent. That's where he should go. And he follows that up. Kyle Trask in the fourth. Absolute fucking steal in a super flex. Yeah. So, Justin Fields, great. Amon Ra St. Brown. Uh, Steve, let me ask you: Would you rather own Amon Ross yes. St. Brown or, or Terrence Marshall? Anybody, but Amon Ross St. Brown. <laughs> anybody, yeah. Ronde, well, Ronde, well, anybody, Ronde, but Ronde. Eskridge. 
Yeah. <laughs> any any so, other player that went after Armand Ross St. Brown up up to uh Schwartz, I would rather own. Which up is to Schwartz? Yeah, into the middle almost the end of the third round. No. Come on. Anybody up to that point I would rather Let's have. Let's not get Brown. carried away. I'm not. Let's not get carried away. You'd rather have Ian Book? Well, not quarterback, but I mean wide receiver. <laughs> okay, or or okay, running back okay. for that matter. I but not uh I, yeah. I wouldn't take – the fact that Ian Book well, – I mean, we'll get to that later. But the fact that yeah, Ian Book we'll get went to that. Uh, in the second <laughs> round of a Superflex when there's, there's fucking three guys that are going to play bef- in preseason before Ian Book even gets a clipboard is fucking crazy. But yeah, we'll get to that. So, yeah, we'll get to you, Reb. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, basically, like, I look at – I'm in Ross St. Brian – Obviously, we're on an island. A lot of the experts are telling people, draft Amon Ross St. Brown. Draft Amon Ross St. Brown. He's all alone. He's all alone. Well, his quarterback sucks. I don't necessarily believe in his coach. And he's all alone. He's going to get the top coverage. So you you factor all those things together, and it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to do well. And he wasn't drafted very high because he's a quitter. Yeah. So in a vacuum, the the, the potential talent, going to a team that doesn't have any wide receivers is a recipe for success. However, we are not in a vacuum. The guy's lazy, and he's going to be in an offense that has no other weapons other than Swift and Hawkinson. So he's going to get top corner coverage. Goff's going to be running for his life, and I I think St. Brown is a huge bust where he's getting drafted in the second round. At least this year. some drafts in the first. I think, period, until he goes to another team or they add more weapons. And by then he could be ruined. He, yeah, he could be. He very well could be. But, yeah, I mean, I, I look at him and I'd much rather have Michael Carter. Much, much rather have Trey Sermon. Mac Jones. Well, you already took Fields. I wouldn't take Jones. Terrence Marshall, Rondale Moore, Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony. That's probably where I draw the line, Kadarius Tony. Maybe I think about Diami Brown, but it, the, all of those guys, that's the next, what, seven picks? Yeah. like. Any of those guys. Yeah. But, I mean, again, we're on an island. You listen to these other other quote-unquote experts, and they're telling you, draft Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't get it. I don't know where the fuck they get their analysis from. We'll see who's right. And when when they're wrong, I'm going to call them. Okay? I'm going to get them on our show. Be like, ante you for yourself, motherfucker. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Eskridge is on the depth chart behind Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf on a team that doesn't want to throw the ball. On a team that typically doesn't score a lot of points for the second half of the year, and where the quarterback is trying to blow his way out of town, so all of that combined means Dwayne Eskridge is unfucking draftable to me. If you want to know where Eskridge is going to end up, look at David Moore, uh, who, <laughs> who was on Seattle and no longer is on Seattle. That is the best case scenario for Eskridge. Best case. Yep. Because the situation is not going to change. Because Metcalf's not going anywhere. Maybe Lockett goes somewhere in a couple of years, but I really don't think so. Uh, I think he he stays there, takes pay cuts, and helps the team. But I don't see any path to success because he's not that talented, anyways, as far as Eskridge is concerned. So I think David yeah. Moore is your ceiling with Dwayne Eskridge. Yeah, and it's like again, you know, these fantasy experts. Like, oh, you know, they teams NFL teams don't use second round picks for no reason. Yeah, you know who that sounds like? Me. When I said it last year about A.J. Dillon, what the fuck did he do last year? Yeah. They let his ass ride pine. 
Yeah, I mean, they they drafted fucking Alexander Madison in the second round for Green Bay, just so he can sit as a handcuff to Aaron Jones for four years and then get shipped off somewhere for no value. Yeah. So granted, uh, like you do have to take draft stock into the equation. But just because they drafted him high, you still have to look at the depth chart, man. Like, how does he get on the field? Yeah. I, I don't see it, you know? Yeah. So what what do you have for him for a grade? I know it's so, tough. Um, the thing I actually like his team. Mm-hmm. I like his team a lot, even though I think he, outside of the Justin, I, I think those two wide receivers are busted. Yep. I like the two quarterback I love the quarterbacks. Yep, I do love too. the quarterbacks. So... You know, he adds a lot of quarterback depth, young quarterback depth. Obviously, Rodgers is up there. Cousins is getting there. So adding those two guys is a huge, huge, huge addition. This is a fucking really good team, man. It is. It's a really good team. I'm going to go I'm gonna go 8.2. And it would be higher if those wide receivers were different. Yeah. I'm going to be just slightly less than you. Uh, I'm going with an 8.1, but very close. Yep. So that's going to bring us on to the real A Jeezy. Derrick Henry at the 1 3. DeAndre Hopkins at the 2 10. Lamar Jackson at the 3 3. Hell of a fucking start. Monty at the 4 10. Considering what was available, I am fine with mm-hmm. Monty right there. Uh, I'm fine with Monty as an RB3, period. Oh, no, he's a 2. RB2. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Alan Robinson. The thing is, like, I'm fine with Monty as your RB2 with the simple fact that he's got Hopkins. And Lamar Jackson in a Superflex. So I, yeah. I'm fine with taking uh, Montgomery as your RB2 in the fourth round when you have those other three guys. So the thing, the, so what I'm having trouble with here is Monty's his RB2. He has Allen Robinson and DeAndre Hopkins, obviously fucking studded. Mm-hmm. Who's he putting in his flex? Because his next picks are Odo Beckham, Todd Gurley, Lenny Fournette, Kaseki, yep. Ruggs, Drake. Yep. So who's going in his flex? I'll tell you who. If you go down a couple more picks. Antonio Brown is going in his flex. Steal. And, uh, Steal. I, I believe Ruggs takes a step forward. I don't know that he's going to be flex-worthy right away, but I think you can somewhat use Fournette, a combination of Fournette, Drake, and Ruggs from week to week. You just got to get lucky. I mean, I, I think Ruggs is a nice little value bet, but we're talking about the wide receiver 95 last mm-hmm. year. I don't want to count no, on no, him. No, 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 no. I, I don't either. <laughs> Uh, I'm definitely I'm definitely looking to make other picks uh, or at least attempt to address it in the rookie draft. Yeah. But where I'm drafting, I know I'm drafting at the end of the rookie draft. It's going to be tough or I would assume that it's going to be tough <laughs> to get some talent. However, with the Superflex, usually at the end of the round, you can get some position players because several of the quarterbacks. Yeah, top tier wide receivers and yeah, running backs. So. Uh, it's a it's a nice gamble, and when we get that far, we'll see if it paid off. But I, I do completely agree with you. As I mean, Gurley's cuttable, and, and you took him in the seventh round. He wasn't even on a team at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's that that was going to be my biggest reach. Yeah, of that's his draft. Right that, there. That's the biggest reach of the draft, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Continue. So uh, Henry Ruggs, Kenyon Drake, Mark, uh, Evan Engram, Antonio Brown in the thirteenth. He's a guy that I always thought was worth the gamble. I took him in, I think, both of my dynasty drafts, and now I'm sitting pretty happy yeah. as a clam. You know, yeah. fucking loving it. As soon as he signed that contract, boy, I was like, oh, still yeah. in the draft. No, he's another guy uh, that I wish <laughs> that I was hoping would make it back to me, but uh, I had to take my my other quarterback the round before, so it didn't work out. Yep. You know, Tariq Cohen, nice little grab in the 16th. Definitely worth to to see what he has left. Obviously, he was not well, he very good hurt. last year, even before he got hurt. 
Well, even before he got hurt, he was scoring yeah. in the single digits. You know, we'll see. Maybe he can bounce back. I don't know. Well, he's worth a shot. I mean, they just yeah. signed. No, him they're to an keeping him. They're going to keep him involved. Before, so. Just just before it's last not, year, it's not a terrible so, pick there. Yeah, Savannah Ahmed, nice little handcuff for uh, Gaskin. Sterling Shepard, I think, is more relevant than Darius Slayton, but not a lot. If they get that offense going, he is a slot receiver, so I can see some fantasy relevance if they can get that offense going. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think I think Kadarius Tony might take a lot of snaps in the slot. I I'm pretty sure they're moving him to the outside. And they might, but I don't I don't think he has that kind of size though. Yeah. Uh six foot, it's kind of borderline. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that they're talking about putting him on the outside because of his um yak ability. Oh yeah, no, he might. They might. They might. But he I think at the very least he does take some yeah, snaps. No, no, he's he's gonna be on the field. He yeah. definitely is is gonna be uh on the other side of, of Galladay. He's gonna be out there. Uh, I, I don't. I'm just saying. I don't hate Shepard. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, I meant. I meant. I, I think he. I think Kadarius Tony might steal some slots. Oh yeah, he might. And Shepard will sit and and they'll put Slayton on the outside. So that, that's very yeah. possible. And then uh, Duvernay in the what is that? Seventeenth. Yeah. His name kind of covers the number. Uh, Duvernay in the seventeenth. I'm fine with. I guess like it's a seventeenth round pick, but I don't really have much hope for him. And this is where I start to have a bone to pick with this draft. You take Lamar Jackson in the third. Awesome. Great job. You're super smart. Then you take Jimmy Garoppolo in the 18th and Teddy Bridgewater in the 18th, and you still don't have a second quarterback. (laughs) Uh, Justin Jackson, I guess, is worth a flyer in the 20th. Edelman retired, so I'm assuming he's not on your roster. So obviously, like we talked about, the biggest reaches are Todd Gurley and just not taking a quarterback, just ignoring quarterback. He doesn't have a good tight well, instead end. Instead of taking Gurley, Tua went after him, Baker, Wentz, Carr. I mean, there's plenty of starting quarterbacks that he could have taken in that Gurley spot in his draft. Mm-hmm. If he takes one of those guys there, his team is leaps and bounds better. Yeah. And, I mean, I'd rather have Cousins, Ryan, Wentz, yeah, probably. I mean, Baker's I, better than what he's got. Brian, I, would, I literally would take <laughs> any of those quarterbacks that went after him. Every single one that yeah. went after Gurley got drafted over Todd Gurley. I mean. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think he's I think he's pretty close in uh, in value to Eli Manning at this point. I don't point, know. But. At least I know that I can drop Eli Manning <laughs> and, and not going to get sucked into trying to flex him one week because some <laughs> asshole signs him. <laughs> so, um you know, all in all, I, I think he did a pretty good job, but not having a reliable second quarterback is definitely going to hurt your score. Not having a very good tight end is going to hurt your score. There were plenty to be had. They all went pretty late, and you just kind of ignored it. And then when you had your chance, I, I feel like you, you didn't choose yeah. wisely. Well, I do and... know that he addressed the tight end situation in the draft. Oh, did he? <laughs> Well, for your <laughs> How'd you know? Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. So, uh, Kenyon Drake is kind of like a mystery to me. I don't know what he's going to be. He might be flexible. I doubt it. We'll see. I'm fine with him in the 11th because, I mean, he went around the same time as Hines and Pollard and the rest of the handcuffs. So Yeah, he's worth a shot. Yeah, He's worth a shot there. What I like about his draft is I may not agree with all the picks, but I like that he tried to maintain a balance of position. So Yeah, see, I think that's what killed him. It, it is to, to a point because... Uh, he was so focused on running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, that he 
that he forgot about his second yeah, quarterback. I think a, I think a few of these guys forgot multiple times in the draft that it was Superflex. They'll they'll remember after the uh, after the end of this year. <laughs> they'll definitely remember after this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I would be fine too with it if if he had addressed that specific need. In the rookie draft. Yes. Which he did. And speaking of the rookie draft, at the 110, he takes Jalen Waddle, which obviously is a fine player, but you pass on Fields and Lance, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> take Lance. You have Jimmy, dude. Take Lance. Yeah. That, that was – I love the Waddle pick because he definitely could use the additional help at wide receiver. But you need a quarterback. So if you take Lance there, you have a third quarterback locked up if Bridgewater doesn't end up with that starting job. And – you could potentially trade him or trade for Drew Locke. You know what I mean? So you, you could put yeah. yourself in a decent position, but you have to take Trey Lancer. You have to. Yeah. And you you have Garoppolo, so you'd, you'd be guaranteed to at least have a second quarterback. Because right. if halfway through the year, Garoppolo loses, let's say Denver trades for Aaron Rodgers, Garoppolo loses his job halfway through the year to Trey Lance, he has one quarterback. Yeah. If you have Trey Lance, at least you have two. Let's just say that what what typically has happened with Jimmy is is he gets hurt that too in preseason or in the first couple of games and Teddy Bridgewater doesn't you know even if Rodgers stays in Green Bay and, and Teddy Bridgewater loses the job to Drew Locke you still have one quarterback so yeah while I like the Waddle pick and I, and I love the the ability to take that talent at the 110 you really you couldn't you couldn't ignore no you could there. not pass up on one of those two quarterbacks and there was three starting quarterbacks that went after him. So e- yeah. even if he takes a chance on Mac Jones, if he like, if he's a Jones guy and he likes him and he wants the potential, at least you have a guy that's going to be starting at some point. at some point. So yeah, yeah, that was yeah. I I mean, like I said, Waddle's a good player, but you you can if this is a super flex man, you cannot ignore that quarterback position. Yeah, this is it, it's just bad, man. It's just it, it it's going to reflect in the score. Yeah. So 360 takes Pat Freemuth. Do not agree with nope. that pick. Granted, I'm not a Nico Collins guy, but I probably would have leaned that way over Pat Freemuth. Not the end of the world. Uh, Elijah Mitchell at the 310. Excellent value. Yeah. Great. Love Elijah Mitchell right there. Tommy Tremble, I'm with you, bro. I like Tommy Tremble. I think he's going to develop. I think he's going to do well. I think he's a project. He's going to take a few years, but I think he'll get there. So you and me, I got you, brother. Yeah, I got it, you back on that pick, he, bro. He's another two to three year development guy, and I'm fine with that. You know, because he he he's addressing a potential need at tight end down the road, and I'm all right with with taking a project guy. Fairmuth taking him at three six is not the answer for Evan Ingram. So uh, now you yep. have two tight ends that you'll never start. Uh, but I, right, I mean, so, I don't know who else he would have taken at, at that point. But may, I don't know, maybe like Kyle Trask or Davis Mills or Kellen Mond, you know, a quarterback that potentially could have started in a couple of years. But, yeah, I mean, I mean anybody. Uh, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I, I love me some Kellen Mond. OK, but let's be real. You know, I, I don't. Would you rather have Pat Fairmuth or any of those quarterbacks? Oh, we're talking about Pat Fairmuth? Yeah. I'd rather have anybody on the draft board. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Instead of taking – what I would have done is, is taken Mitchell at the 3-6 instead of Fairmuth. Taking Tremble or just taking one of those three quarterbacks and then taking Tremble in the fourth where he got him. Yeah. Because yeah. at no, least I'm with you, you have a guy on your roster that at some point sh- should at least have the opportunity to be a starting quarterback. I'm with you. I'm with you. So what are you, you going to give him for a score? 
I am going to give him. So I like his. I like the first five picks he made, and then after that, not so much. It went downhill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than I, I don't mind Gasecki for his tight end, and uh, I like the Antonio Brown grab at thirteen. Uh, not not overly impressed with the rookie draft. I'm going to give him a seven point two. Seven point two. Understood. Yeah. I'm going to go lower than that, just because I'm go- I'm going to go lower because of the complete yeah. indifference to t- to quarterback. Todd Gurley getting drafted in the seventh was it was a gamble. You lost. So it's going to reflect in the score. And I don't believe in either one of his tight ends. I don't like either one of them. You know, Gasecki's like a DFS play. Engram, I think, has proven beyond a reasonable doubt that he's not good. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a 6.8. Yeah. Six, yeah. I, I initially was – I should have I should have stayed in the sixes. Um, but I, I, <laughs> I jumped back up because I, I, really, I really do like the, the first five picks he made. With Henry Hopkins, Jackson. oh those first five, yeah, yeah, those first five picks slap. Yeah, I, I love you know? those picks, and, and they could keep him in it, but the lack of quarterback depth and addressing it in the in the rookie draft, I probably should be a little closer to you, but I can't change my score. Yep. <laughs> so um, that's going to bring us to Clay Wilder, and we're just going to rush through his veteran draft because we need to talk about his rookie draft. Uh, Saquon Barkley at the one four, Ceh at the two nine, Miles Sanders at the three four. I don't like Miles Sanders at all. Third running back, I'm fine yep. with it. You know, gamble on the upside. Uh, wide receivers, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones. Love that So let shit. me ask you quick while we're uh, right there. Miles Sanders mm-hmm. or Cam Akers, David Montgomery, or Joe Mixon, who also went after. I'll take Sanders over Montgomery. I'll take Akers over Sanders. And Mixon over And Mixon, I think, is kind of a foin flip. Yeah. Okay. Just be. I don't trust the dude to stay yep. on the field. No, no, I, that, I, I'm, I'm with you. I just because those are the four notable. I mean, Robinson went after him too, uh, and at the time he was still the one. But those are the three guys that are notable that went right after Sanders that potentially would yeah. be conversation pieces. Oh yeah, no, we, we, we're going to talk about it because I wanted to bring up Ceh. So since since we're on the topic, okay. hit it. Would you rather have Ceh or Dobbins? Dobbins. Eckler. Eckler. Cam Akers. Probably CEH, but it's close. Really? Yeah. But what uh, I, I probably I was would, low on Akers. Would I probably? It's not that I'm low, and I think they're pretty, probably pretty close. But if I can get Dobbins or Eckler, I'll take the I'll take the upside chance of CEH over over what I'm pretty sure is going to be the production of Akers. But I probably would have taken Dobbins and Eckler, and then tried to get CEH where he got Sanders, and then taken Akers if he wasn't there. Yeah. See, I, I'd rather take any one of those three over CEH. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in him. I don't think he's going to be any better than he was. He's a good running back. He's just not going to get volume. Yeah. He's, but he's still going to be a low-end RB2, which is – I'm okay with that as my third guy. Yeah. But, yeah, so I probably – at the time of this draft, I probably would have taken Akers over CEH, but I'm starting to mm-hmm. – talk myself back into CEH a little bit, which I, I'm glad that I don't own him anywhere, and I'm not trying to trade for him because I probably would regret that. <laughs> but I, I know he's going to be the RB. He's going to be a low-end RB2. I know that just because of the offense he's in. Uh, so I know what that expectation is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, a, I mean, like I said, he's a talented kid. It's not, it's not a CEH mm-hmm. problem. It's a team problem. And people like to, oh, well, you know, Andy Reid's running backs have always been valuable. Yeah. Who were his quarterbacks? Yeah. 
Donovan McNabb, uh, Alex Smith. He has, he has Pat Mahomes now. Pat Mahomes threw almost yeah. 600 times last year. He's not he's, handing the ball to CEH. He's going to give the ball to the best player in the Mahomes, league, Patrick he's Mahomes. Kelsey, he's got Hill. They're, they're going to throw the ball. I mean, Ed, Edward Tolaire will yeah. benefit from the passing game, but I, they just don't run the ball that much. And that was evident last year. Yeah. Uh, maybe they go back to it more because uh, they need to establish a run game to help Mahomes, but I, I think they showed that in the uh, Super Bowl. But by then it was too little, too late. Well, they need an offensive <laughs> line to help Mahomes. <laughs> um, so, anyways, finish out this draft. So, he's got uh, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones. I love that stack. Uh, aging guys, but both could still produce. Michael Thomas in the fourth is a steal. Uh, his first quarterback is Ryan Tannehill. Tyler Boyd in the seventh. I'm fine as a wide receiver three. Hunter Henry, eh, I don't know. Like, he's kind of splitting with Jonu. We'll see. Matt Ryan, QB2, fine with it. Uh, Hilton Crowder, Ertz, Marlon Mack, Quentin Cephas. John, yeah. It's just yeah. bad from there. Bad. Just bad. Everything's bad. Uh, Eli Manning in the 19th could be a steal yeah. if he comes out of retirement. And I will say the sneaky upside, Malcolm Brown in the 20th. Uh, I don't think Miles Gaskin is going to get the same workload he got last year. Malcolm Brown Oh, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to use Brown, and that's a great, a, a great uh, chance to take in the 20th round. Yep. So, I mean, he has Barkley, he has CEH, he has Miles Sanders, and he has Malcolm Brown that could potentially see the field a little bit, where Mac is just pretty much an injury handcuff to Jonathan Taylor, which is fine. That has value. I, I'm not saying I wouldn't draft him, and I think you got pretty decent value in the 15th right there. I don't see a good starting tight end on this team, because I don't know what happens with Ertz, and I don't know what happens with Njoku, and I don't believe in Henry. You know, he has exactly two quarterbacks, Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan, which is fine as long as they both stay yeah, healthy. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing and right here is while he has a, a good running back core and a, and a flex guy, he's got a couple wide receivers to start with a flex. He does not have somebody to put in that super flex spot if one of his quarterbacks goes down or to cover their bye weeks. Yeah. You know, my, my problem is, who's his second flex? You know, I, I love it's those three be running backs. But I I'm, I mean, I yeah. didn't say I liked it. I'm just saying he has them. But that's why I'm saying he does not have so, a, a super flex That's guy. pretty much, that's that's kind of what I want to ask you, though, is, you know, I, I, I'm perfectly fine flexing Boyd. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with that. Do you flex Hilton Sanders. or do you flex Miles I, Sanders? I flex Sanders and Boyd, and I see how Hilton works out with Wentz. Yeah. I don't I like just, it. I don't like it at all. That sucks. Um, but that's what I have to do. Yeah. I mean, granted, like, he, he was the RB24 last year, but he, he scored 166 fantasy yeah. points. Like, the, the wide receiver 24 probably scored double that. Mm -hmm. You know? It's just rough. But I, I'd really love to keep Miles Sanders on my bench and have another wide receiver that I can start in my flex. And he did have quite the the spell of picks because he traded them away and one of them was Cortland Sutton which would have been a nice mm -hmm. little addition yes it is a nice addition because he traded that with me so that he could take Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback <laughs> in the fifth <laughs> which I probably would have just fucking waited and taking Cortland Sutton there uh Tua went it, another pick that he traded was Tua 
And then you can grab a guy later, Jameis Winston, J- uh, Jalen Hurts, Jordan Love, Sam Darnold, Kirk Cousins. Like, there are other guys to grab. Oh, oh, are you afraid you're going to miss out on fucking Hunter Henry? Who gives a fuck? He sucks. But, yeah, that's that's my biggest second guess is I, I want to know who that fourth flex is going to be, and he doesn't have enough quarterback depth, and I don't believe in uh, any of his tight ends. Does that sum it up pretty well for yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times when you're in a startup veteran draft like this, you're thinking to yourself, well, I know I got a couple of holes, uh, but I really needed to grab a quarterback at Superflex, so I, I traded this pick away. Uh, I moved around on the board a little bit here and there. But you know what? I can address this in the rookie draft. So let's see what he did <laughs> to address this in the rookie draft, right? Yeah, well, I mean, luckily, it's a, it's going to be a quick one. He had one pick. He took Kenny Gainwell in the third round with the eighth pick. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, great value. Oh, wait, hold on. That's the first round. Yeah. First round. Yeah. Kenny Gainwell. Kenny fuck, dude, Kenny fucking Gainwell. You took Kenny fucking Gainwell before Devonta Smith, before Jalen Waddle, before Justin Fields. Trey Lance. I mean, dude, I can list the next 10 fucking players on this draft board. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Yeah. I mean, don't drink and draft, bro. Come on, man. You can't take Kenny Gainwell there. You fucking can't do it. At least draft responsibly. (laughs) I mean, when I drink and draft, (laughs) I make sure I have a spotter. I have a designated drafter. Yeah. Uh, so he. So did... like, even even if you're dead set on running back, how do you not take Michael Carter or Trey Sermon? He made a couple of trades. He got Kenny Galladay. He got Darren Waller. Got a couple firsts. Uh, traded away Sanders. All in all, ended up with the 1.8 and took Gainwell. So he did add Kenny G and Waller to his team, and then fucked up his first round pick with Gainwell. So. That about sums it up. I, I thought the reason he wanted Gainwell was because he was Sanders' handcuff. He traded away Sanders before the rookie draft and took fucking Kenny Gainwell anyway? Yeah. Crazy. Wow, dude. Bro, I don't, I don't know. Whatever you got, hit me up, bro. Steve will give you my number. We'll hook up. We'll party. You got the good stuff. Clearly, you got the good stuff. So, I'll come party. You can reach Brian at 617-867-5309. All in all, I would say that his rookie grade gets an F. That, that rookie draft is going to drag his overall score yeah. into the game. Even with the two additions of, of Kenny G and Waller. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I like his team, especially he adds Waller and Kenny G. That solves his second flex problem. And it solves his tight end problem. He did not address the the quarterback problem. No, which would have been perfect at one point eight in a super flex. Yeah. <laughs> you pass on Lance. I mean, like, what are you, you doing? You, you pass on Fields, Lance, and Jones. So we're not grading teams. We're grading drafts and going strictly by the draft. I'm going to give Clay Wilder a five point two. Uh I'm gonna give him a five point six for the draft. Five point six. Understood. Yeah, that that rookie draft, I mean, I, I like the two moves he made to, to shuffle around picks and stuff, but fuck, man. <laughs> so that's going to bring us on to Shepard 10. He takes Jonathan Taylor at the 1-5. What the fuck is wrong with people in Jonathan Taylor? Right, we'll get to it in a second. DeAndre Swift at the 2-8. Uh, Kyler Murray, 3-5. Darren Waller, 4-8. I have a feeling he did not hold on to him. Uh, Amari Cooper. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, Corey Davis. 
Tua, LaVisca Chanel, Will Fuller, John Connor. James Connor. James Connor. This isn't Terminator. Yeah, I was about to do my Arnold. I was about to do my Arnold impersonation. I'm really glad you saved me. <laughs> Christian Kirk, Naheem Hines, Jeff Wilson, Emmanuel Sand, my man, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Blake Jarwin, MVS, Tyree Kill, Josh Reynolds, Ryquel Armstead. So, uh, Jonathan Taylor. I like Jonathan Taylor. Talented young kid. I get it. Why is everybody drafting him before Alvin Kamara? Every draft we judge, we have to pick on the guy that takes Jonathan Taylor before Alvin Kamara. I don't get it. Like, are you blind? Did you not see what Kamara did last year? It's got to be age because Kamara's 25 and Taylor's 22. But I would much rather have the 25-year-old running back who has proven year after year, and he's not overused by any means. Not at all. That he consistently can be a top 10 running back. I mean, his worst finish was with 2019 when he finished as the running back nine. And he only played 14 games. So Yeah. Pretty much been top five his whole career. Pretty much. So I don't know why anybody's passing on Kamara for Taylor. I don't know why people are passing on Nick Chubb for Taylor. Uh, another guy who's 25. He's got a little bit more usage, but it's not like he's wearing out. It's not like he's he's got 50,000 miles on the tires and they're 45,000 mile tires. I mean, yeah. Taylor's a good prospect in Dynasty. He's young, but the guy's in a, in a backfield where he has two other guys who are also competent running backs mm-hmm. and, and are going to compete for touches. I mean, Marlon Mack didn't play last year uh, after week one. So hey, he's going to compete. He's going to compete. He's going to take touches and he's going to be on the field when and Taylor's going to be on the sideline. So I, I can tell you this, Marlon Mack doesn't do much in the passing game. So he's not going to affect Naeem Hines. So yeah. the guy he's going to affect is taking touches away from Taylor. And, you know, if you figure Taylor ended up with uh, 232 attempts last year, if you take away, say, 75 of those, and given to Marlon Mack, you're way under a thousand yards now, and I'm I'm really thinking that Mack's probably going to get a lot of the goal line work. So those eleven rushing touchdowns are going to go down to probably half. Yeah, I think you're kind of overselling this part of it personally. I don't think Mack's a big factor. I think He's going to take some. Be, I think you're going to be surprised because they re-signed him. They kept him on the roster. Yeah, but didn't didn't it feel like pity? I don't think so. Uh, I, I really think that Frank Reich is going to use him, and he's going to use all three of them, and I, I think yeah. Taylor's going to suffer. Not, I, I don't hate Taylor, don't get me wrong, and I think Mack will move on in a couple of years, but you're taking a guy who's in a committee instead of taking a guy who's the number one on his offense. And even if Taysom Hill's a quarterback or, or Winston's a quarterback, it doesn't really matter. Kamara's still going to get his work. Yeah. You know, same thing with Chubb. Chubb's still going to get his work, so... Yeah, see, I probably would take Jonathan Taylor over Chubb just because of the split workload. I mean, he's in a 50-50. Chubb's, honestly, he's probably the most talented running back in the NFL. If Kareem Hunt wasn't there, he'd be going in the top five easily. Nick Chubb didn't play four games last year, and he finished as a running back 11 in PPR with Kareem Hunt there. I understand. So I'm fine with taking Chubb over over, uh, Taylor because if he gets all 16 games, you're looking at probably a top five. Oh, I'm fine with it, too. I'm just saying that I, I think it's a little closer than Kamara. 
It is. No, it but, is. And, 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 and I mean, the thing about Jonathan Taylor, too, to go back to his workload, you know, people, like you said, you know, he is younger. Okay, yeah, he is younger than Kamara. But like you said, they don't use Kamara aggressively. Jonathan Taylor, I'm looking at it right now, 926 rushing attempts in college. Mm-hmm. Oh, he got beat to shit. They, they used him a ton. Dude, they, they drove him to the wheels fell off. Yeah, no, he he's going to be another Le'Veon Bell as far as usage and and, and then the same thing. Yeah, one NFL. day he's just going to drop, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's going to wear out quick. So you're taking a guy who's 22, but realistically he's 25 or 26 in running back years. So yeah, you're only going to get five five years out of him just like you're going to get out of the other guys. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take the guy with 85 receptions every year. Yeah, me too. Know? But anyways, so that, that's really my big second guess. I don't see any other egregious ones. Uh, obviously, like, I'm fine with taking Waller on the fourth. The problem is whenever you take a tight end that high, something has to suffer. You have Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift. Those are awesome. Mm-hmm. You have Kyler Murray. That's awesome. You have Darren Waller. That's awesome. But then you get Amari Cooper, and your wide receiver two is Corey Davis, and your wide receiver three is Will Fuller, and you're probably going to have to start LaVisca Chanel every week, and that's not a good place to be. Yeah, see, Corey Davis, to me, is a big reach because you passed on Cortland Sutton. You passed on – in this instance, I would actually rather have Lockett, I think, than Corey Davis going to the Jets. I'm not going that far. (laughs) I would probably rather have Deontay Johnson – I definitely would have rather had Robert Woods and Boyd over Davis and Chanel. So there yeah, was same. other choices that definitely could have been made here instead of Corey Davis. In our opinion. In our opinion. Which is what matters because it's our show. Exactly. So you're wrong and we're right. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, obviously running back depth is an issue, but... That can always be addressed in the rookie draft. We'll look at that in a minute. Yeah. Quarterbacks are Kyler Murray and Tua. So I'm fine with that. I Taysom Hill to me is borderline useless because I think Jameis Winston's gonna win that job. And he's gonna go out there and catch a couple passes every once in a blue moon, maybe take a rushing attempt. Yeah, I mean he took the chance. I, I can't fault him for that. Yeah. I but you know, but we've been we've been saying since last year that we thought Jameis Winston was gonna win that job. Yep. So if he's a listener, he should have known better. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wish I wish in the round before that. He would have taken Fitz? I was about to say that, and then I realized that I think Fitz went er- Yeah, Fitz went earlier. Yeah, but he could have taken Ben, which I would have rather had than uh, Jordan Love. Taysom Hill or Jordan Love afterwards. Yep. Yep. Even Jimmy G, because at least he's going to play as a quarterback for at least some of this year. Right. And then, like Josh Reynolds, I don't. I like the flyer there, going with him going to Tennessee. Love it, love it. And Ryquell, I'm sorry, great news. He's off the COVID list, and <laughs> no, he's not. He is. Uh, he's been signed by the Giants. Oh shit! So, I didn't even know they waived him. Yeah, he he was waived by Jacksonville because he spent the year on on COVID. Um, they released him. He has been signed. He is the running back, seventeen. Behind Saquon Barkley and Devontae Booker uh, on the Giants. Uh, but great news. He made it through COVID-19. And uh, my hat's off to you, Mr. Armstead. Uh, great pick in the in the 20th round. And he is trouble. 
So I think he definitely needs to boost his running back core, his wide receiver core. I think he's pretty decent. Uh, well, he's obviously very good at tight end. Waller and Jarwin are great. You know, Tua and Murray are fine pieces, but you really need a third. We'll see what he does in the rookie draft, right? Yeah. So he trades for the 1-1, takes Najee Harris. Love it. Boom. Love Got it. that running back right out of the way. He will be coming up on my bold predictions this episode, mm-hmm. the episode this week, which we're recording tomorrow night, even though that'll probably get released before this one. Yeah. Terrence Marshall at the 2-5, that definitely helps address his wide receiver situation. Anthony Schwartz at the 3-8, I don't believe in the kid, but hey, it's the third round of a rookie draft. You're taking flyers, I'll take a flyer on him, I'm fine with that, I like that pick better than some of the other ones we've seen, so Anthony Schwartz, go for it, bro. Uh, He takes Trey McKitty at the 4-4, and Davis Mills at the 4-5. I think Davis Mills is trash, I've, I've been on record even before the NFL draft, I thought he was trash. The fact that he might end up starting somewhere does not change that. I think he's going to score lower fantasy points than some position than most positional players. And I, I don't think he's really worth much. Even in super flex, because I don't think he's worth flexing. I really I I honest to God, I really think this kid is just gonna go out there and embarrass himself. I feel bad for him. Trey McKitty, I'm fine with. Like you pointed out earlier, he's in a good spot. We'll let him develop, see what comes of him. I'm not a real believer in McKitty, but he's in a good spot. He's a fourth-round pick. He's a flyer. We'll see what happens. I mean, would you have done something different with this rookie draft? I would have taken Kellen Mond over Mills, but other than that, no. I I, I like the other picks. Yeah, I definitely I would have taken Mond in a heartbeat, personally. So may, I think he leaned Mills because he was like, oh, he might start this. And, and that's possible. And, and for that reason, I don't fault him. Because at this point you're well, I mean, hairs, I, I kind of do. Like to to me, the whole point of dynasty is the long, long call, right? And, and where he traded to get the one one, he pretty much gave up a top tight end to get the one one, and he's got some other holes that are are a year or more away. So yeah, I would have taken Mond and just run this year as as a middle of the road team and, and see where I end up and see what moves I need to make and. uh position myself well for next year's draft to grab another quarterback because I think he's he should have a pretty good chance to do that in next year's draft yeah so I mean all in all I don't I don't hate the dude's team I think it's pretty decent I think he for the most part made his picks pretty well I I'm not really confident in some of his wide receiver picks like we talked about and you know he addressed the running back depth in the rookie draft so he's got that covered Terrence Marshall, I think, is a year away, so I don't think he helps him at all this year. I'm gonna, hmm, I'm gonna smack him right, right in the fucking face with a C. I'm gonna give him a seven point four. Wow, quite a bit higher than me. I do see the multiple holes. I think he's a couple years away, so uh, I'm giving him a six point four. Woo! Damn! And you yep. call me an yep. asshole? God damn! <laughs> so locked and loaded. One six. He takes Devonte Adams. Two seven. Josh Allen. Awesome as your QB one. Second quarterback off the board of the two seven. Just like every other super flex yeah. we've ever been in. Fucking <laughs> <It> was crazy. <laughs> Uh, Cam Akers at the 3-6, fucking steal. Steal that Cam Akers goes after CEH, after Miles Sanders. Just nuts. Like, congratulations, bro. 
Uh, Calvin Ridley, T. Higgins as uh, wide receiver depth. Yeah, this is where it starts getting shaky. Melvin Gordon at the six seven, way too high. Yeah, but at the at the time he was the obviously. One that went- I was gonna say like obviously we didn't know that he would that they were going to draft a running back, but there was always the possibility, and that's I. I, like don't get me wrong, I was perfectly fine with taking Melvin Gordon. I just would have. I never. I've never seen him go in the sixth round. Yeah, especially of a super flex where quarterbacks go early, which they went. They didn't all go in the first round like you normally see, but there are fourteen quarterbacks off the board. Yeah, they went mostly in point. the third instead of the first. But yeah, Gordon was a little high. So yeah, that's high. It's high. It's too high. Noah Fant in the seventh round. I'm fine with. Uh, obviously, you're a Broncos fan. That's your logo. So. Maybe you're a homer, you're reaching. Well, you didn't reach on Fant. You got him. And I'm fine with it. I don't think it was a bad move. Baker Mayfield is your QB2. Yeah, I think you could do better. Keyshawn Vaughn at the 9-9. Ridiculous, sir. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Alan Lazard. Rob Gronkowski at the 12-7. Van Jefferson in the 13th. Did you hear me, Steven? Van Jefferson of the LA Rams. That fucking schmuck in the 13th yeah. round. Alex, uh, <laughs> oh my gets, God! He drafted it, Nikhil I was Harry. Say, it gets worse. <laughs> and and that not is only a, did he get automatic deduction. Not only sir. did he take Nikhil Harry, but two picks later he also drafted AJ Green. Uh, oh, per- and, and Deshaun yeah, Jackson. I mean, every other pick uh, after Gronkowski, he decided was was going to be an irrelevant <laughs> pick. So he has essentially zero running backs on his bench from from my ba- basically from the twelfth round on the only fantasy relevant player that he potentially drafted is Dalton Schultz in the eighteenth potentially which I like Dalton by I the do way. too so I don't like Adrian Peterson he's, he's not, probably been cut pa- by now Peterson's hasn't think. been signed yeah yeah it, it, there literally is nobody that is fantasy relevant except for Schultz after the twelfth round yep. And like even even like Carryon Johnson, which you and me have had a little bit of back and forth on, he accepted a pay cut. Mm-hmm. They claimed him off waivers, and then they immediately said, "All right, now you need to take less money." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, he is not gonna sniff the field. I mean, there's no fucking way. And I don't know what his salary is. I'm sure it's brutally low, so he'll be able to hang around on the roster. But oh, he's, there's no fucking he's way. Still he plays. like. He's still under a rookie contract because he's only in his fourth year. So, yeah, he's fucking dirt cheap. And they and they made him take a pay cut. <laughs> yeah, because yep, I'm sure he I'm sure that uh, he gets for the fourth round. He would have had to get a couple million. Was he a fourth round pick? No, but for I mean for his fourth year, not not fourth round. So he would have had to, he would have gotten like a couple million. So I'm sure they restructured him and uh, made him take a pay cut. He's probably getting just over a league minimum, would be my guess. Obviously, like I like Adams, I like Ridley, I like Higgins. Uh, counting on Alan Lazard to be my 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 second flex is scary. Uh, I love Noah Fant, I love Dalton Schultz, I love Gronk. Like uh, Gronk, a little less than the others. Yeah, but for a year or, or maybe two, I'm, I'm yeah, all right with Gronk because so... Fant's going to be long term. Basically, my, my biggest problems with this team are Alan Lazard's in my flex and Melvin Gordon's a starter. Without See, question. I think, I, I think Rob Gronkowski is in your flex and Alan Lazard's on your you bench. You can't flex I, Gronk. I, I don't – I mean, would you rather flex Lazard? Yeah, easily. Like, not even close. 
Oh, I'd rather flex Gronk. Gronk scored 148 points last year. Yeah. 148. Lazard scored 97. Yeah, he missed half the year. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say he missed anything. <laughs> <laughs> I get your point, but the year before that, when he he only had 102 points, so it's 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 an ugly situation where you you're faced with you have two flex spots, so and you're forced to start Acres and Melvin Gordon every week because you do not have yeah. anybody else to put in. So realistically. You're probably going to have to face a scenario where you might be putting in two tight ends every week, and and one of them's in your flex. If you didn't address anything in the rookie draft, yeah. I mean, you know, if I got to start Melvin Gordon, that's not the worst case scenario. When you mm-hmm. when you did this veteran draft, that was not the worst case scenario. I mean, he finished what RB fourteen last year, I think, and you know. Obviously, that's fine for an RB2. That's a top-end RB2. Great. Awesome. Let's do it. They just drafted Javante Williams, who is better than Melvin Gordon. Younger, faster. Mm -hmm. How long is Gordon going to hold on to this job? You might be fine for the first half of the year, but I think the second half of the year, you're struggling. Oh, I agree. But that that actually will be addressed in the rookie draft. Oh, well, let's go to the rookie draft. So, at the 1-6, he takes Javante Williams! Yep. So, now... You're gonna fuck yourself with who do I start? Yep. You know, because <laughs> there's gonna be like an eight game section right in the middle of the season where the, where the Gordon has happens. a week, yep. then Williams has a week, and oh yeah, it's gonna be brutal, dude. Prepare yourself. Yep. Mac Jones at the two three, great value that helps your quarterback situation a lot. Rondale Moore. Possibly solve your flex situation after a few weeks into this season. Now, let, let me and ask Kal- you. Let me ask you uh-huh. quick while we're right there. So at two seventy takes Rondell Moore. Yep. After that, Elijah Moore, Tony goes. Would you not rather have one of those two guys, knowing that they should be on the field day one? Oh, Rond- and, and Rondell relevant? Moore will be on the field. There's no question. But he's he's going to be more of a like. Situational guy, I think the first couple, at least the first year. Uh, Long term, I'm I'm fine with more. I'm just asking where he's kind of in a need of of having another guy to put in his flex. Wouldn't you have rather taken one of those other two guys who should have an impact week one? So let me ask you this, and I'm not trying to insult you. I'm I'm honestly asking. Have you actually watched Rondell Moore's tape? Yeah. No, no, I like the guy. I really do. I just know in... He is legitimately a fucking monster if he is is healthy he is going to be fine his rookie year i like more i like tony but i think the three of them are all kind of in the same tier i think they're all kind of coin flips and if i'm looking at just the situations they're in rondell moore has to compete with catches with deandre hopkins oh absolutely absolutely but and that's where the other two don't have anybody well tony has to compete with with galladay Elijah Moore competes with nobody, realistically, yeah. in the Jets' offense. So, I get that, but he also has a rookie quarterback. He has a brand mm-hmm. new system. Like I, well, they're I, all I think, they're all basically moving into a new system. Yeah, that's true too. I mean, well, yeah, but he's he's with a quarterback trying to learn the system as well. Is my point, right? You know, no, no, and I and I I get that. Like I said, I'm just asking. It's not yeah, that I, I think no, it's a terrible I think pick. The th- There's no points going off. It's I just... think the three of them are all kind of lumped together, and whichever one of the three you took, I wouldn't give you any shit. 
you know. Yep. Um, That's to fair. be honest, I'd rather I'd rather have any one of those three over Terrence Marshall. If I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. No, I would too. Uh, Eric's a big Marshall guy, but I'm not. I I think he I think he's pretty good, but I'm fine with Marshall after those guys. Yeah. Because I think he develops well, but the guy that he's replacing is still there. And if if Robbie Anderson performs well, Terrence Marshall's not going to take his job. So. Yeah, you know, until his contract's up and they don't resign him, but that's I think two years away. So I would definitely look at these other three first. Yeah. So the only other rookie pick he had was my man Khalil Herbert, who I called uh, before the way, way, way before, before the pro days. I said Khalil Herbert might be relevant. He's probably not, but <laughs> <laughs> he could have been if he didn't have if he hadn't gone to Chicago. Uh, so great talent's going to be wasted in uh, the Windy City. Yeah, well, it's not it's not my fault. He was a seventh round pick. Yeah, so I think he did a great job on this on this rookie draft. Um, mm-hmm. I I think it kind of blows having two running backs on the same team, but at the same time, it's like what were his options? You know, it's like number one, Javante Williams was by far the best running back available, and you could argue the best player available. So, oh, he he did fine. Yeah, with, with you, the rookie draft, I have no complaints. You can't you can't hate the pick on that front. And number two, if he drafted a guy a little too high that just got replaced, and he has the chance to draft the replacement to set himself up for the future, you can't really hate that either. I think long term, Javante Williams is a great pick. I think it kind of fucks him up this year, like we talked about with that. Uh, yeah, but he, would that... he, he's fucked this year anyway, so I like to pick long-term. <laughs> no, I mean, realistically, he's got two running backs he's going to start every week because he took Keyshawn Vaughn in the ninth instead of taking Damian Harris or somebody that is a starting running back. May not be great, but at least he's a starting running back and not going to be fifth on the depth chart or maybe on the practice squad. Yeah. But long-term with Williams, Gordon's going somewhere else. Probably going to be relevant for another year or two potentially so you at least have a guy in addition to Williams after yeah. this season so you know this year it doesn't help him a ton but at least he's got that one guy so he's not looking from week to week and here's another uh thing of note all of his running backs are out week 11 oh, all three of them. get out of the way you know you know <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I gotta go look why well, I, I hope i get lucky and i play him week 11 i'm just saying yeah <laughs> um so i mean the fact he basically has a starting roster or nothing else that's what i'm getting out of this and yep. you know mac jones is there isn't even a guarantee he starts this year so as far as this year is concerned you have Devonte adams calvin ridley t higgins and Rondell Moore or Liz, or Alan Lazard. Mm-hmm. Uh, at tight end, you have Noah Fant. At quarterback, you have Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield. And at running back, you have Cam Akers and the combination of Gordon and Javonta Williams. Williams. So yep. with absolutely zero depth, absolutely none, nobody there. And the fact that you, you're you going to take a downgrade, everybody that drafts Nikhil Harry gets a downgrade. I am going to give him a 5.1. This is the worst score I've ever given. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm right there with you. I I have him at a five point three. Long term, I like the team, as far as the starters and what he did with the rookie draft. Yeah, he shouldn't have uh, any trouble getting high draft picks. No, <laughs> I think next year and the year after, uh, this team drastically improves. What we're looking at this year, not so good. 
Martin, 1-7. Alvin Kamara, steal. Stefan Diggs, 2-6, steal. CeeDee Lamb, 3-7, steal. 4-6 to Sean Watson. Quite the gamble, sir. I mean, I love to gamble, so I'm with you. I feel you. But that is a gamble and a half. Uh, Mark Andrews at the 5-7, the way that team's building, would not have taken a tight end there. Nope. DJ Chark at the 6-6, Pittman at the 7-7. His running back, too, Chase Edmonds. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) There's something you thought you'd never hear. Uh, Uh, Well, earlier in the season, when when we did this draft, Chase Edmonds was looking like he was going to be the one, and they would draft a guy to to come in behind him. So I, I don't... Fault him for that. It just didn't work out. See, I I wasn't drafting Chase Edmonds anywhere because you know he was the starter, quote unquote, right now. I thought they would draft somebody to take the job from him, and instead it's going to be well. Whenever James Connor's healthy, it's his job, and whenever he gets hurt, it's your job. Yeah, it's I don't like. No, I'm not playing that fucking game. Devontae Parker in the ninth, Rashad Penny in the tenth, Cam Newton as his quarterback too. Boy. You are fucking gambling, dude. You're going into the oh, season. No. Deshaun Watson. Kansas quarterback one. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> going into the season, you're going into the draft, and you say, I already have Deshaun Watson. Time to lock up my QB, too. Cam Newton. Two guys that may not even fucking start this year. But wait, there's, there's more. more. <laughs> In the 12th round, he takes Drew Locke, who traded for Teddy Bridgewater, and now he might not be a starter. But wait. There's more. In the 19th round, he takes Gardner fucking Minshew. He might because, not have any quarterbacks. Because why not? You got to have the mustache on your team. Well, I mean, I was fine with drafting Minshew because I, I thought they might trade him at the draft. I, right, I did too. So he wasn't he wasn't a bad little late round gamble. He obviously didn't pay off for you. You lost that gamble, but whew, man, you gambled all the way around at quarterback. Let me get the other positions. Uh, Josh Kelly, Sony Michelle, Tim Patrick, Wayne Gallman, Jalen Hurd, Chris Herndon, and in the very last round, Mr. Dawson Knox. Yeah. Um, so everything past I round like Her- three was a gamble. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like Herndon as an upside play. Sony Michelle's useless. Wayne Gallman's useless. Tim Patrick showed a little promise last year. See, I feel about Herndon the same way you feel about Ingram. He's going into his fourth year. He's had plenty of chances. The guy's just not that good. He's been trapped in the gase hole. I, I'm not letting that slide. I, I'm not. Dawson Knox, I like in the 20th. I think that's a great flyer. Herndon, I, I just don't see it. Maybe. I, I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I definitely think uh, he's worth the flyer, for sure. For he's sure. Worth the, I mean, he's got some, somebody's got to own him. He's worth taking in the 18th round when you're just trying to get a guy that might see the field. I, I'm fine with it. I don't hate the pick there. I, I think he's Evan Ingram, negative 2.0. <laughs> I think Herndon has a lot more upside than Evan Ingram, personally. Just a difference of opinion. So, yep. obviously, running back, Alvin Kamara, Chase Edmonds, Rashad Penny. That sucks. Oh, the, there's need at every position on this team. Yeah, this every is, single position. Yo, I never thought I'd get below the fives, but this team is going to tempt me. Holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, Shark is a pure upside guy. Pittman, if he works out, there's your wide receiver three. But you still have, you literally still have no other running backs that you could put in your lineup week one. You have Kamara. And where he's drafting in the rookie draft, which we'll get to in a second, I don't think there was anybody left that he could take. Well, I mean, he could. He definitely could have taken a running back, but 
his more pressing need is quarterback for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, let's uh, let's go to his rookie draft and the, at the one seven he takes Zach Wilson two six, Trey Sermon three seven, Nico Collins and four six Puka Williams. I think he knocked this rookie draft out of the fucking park. Oh yeah, no, where, where he was at for the rookie drafts, he did. Great. I mean, getting Trey Sermon at the two six, what a fucking steal! Absolute fucking steal, man. That's nuts. Yeah, and you know he got Wilson, which is great. He needed a quarterback. He got Sermon, which gives him a, a potential running back partways through the season. I think earlier rather than later with the injury to uh, Jeff Wilson, and I believe he's got Gallman. He does as well. He does. So he's got, he's got Gallman's handcuffed. So he has one of the two guys that's going in when, and it's a when, Mostert gets hurt. So I like that. I think he did well with his rookie draft, given where he was at and what was there. Uh, he made the most of it. So that actually will help his score a little bit, but there's not a whole lot that can help. Yeah. See, I, I'm obviously, I'm, I I think I made it pretty clear. I am much higher on Trey Sermon than you. So I think he's going to win that job in training camp and he will be the RB1. So to me, this drastically changes his score. If I if I'm considering Trey Sermon the RB one for the San Francisco 49ers, his score goes way the fuck up. If I think Zach Wilson is going to be the best rookie quarterback this year, his score goes way up. And Nico Collins is a good player. Who's throwing him the ball? You know, we'll see. Puka Williams, I think, is kind of useless, but it's a fourth round pick. They're all kind of useless. So yeah, I don't. I'm not that concerned with the third and fourth round picks. With, with those guys, Collins will develop. I like Collins. He's he's one of my my sleepers. Puka Williams is cuttable. Where you're in the fourth, there, there really is not anybody else to take a chance on. So I, I'm okay with that too. Yeah. So I mean, overall, I'm gonna give Martin a score of. I'm gonna give him a six point six. Needs a lot of help, but I'm giving him a. No, he needs help. He's got some potential. Got a lot of upside guys that he needs to get their upside. But I give him a flat six. I don't think he's the worst team in the league. I think there's some room for growth. I like what he did with his rookie draft. So now we know the difference for Trey Sermon between the two of us. Exactly point six. <laughs> yeah. That's that's not really the, the the difference. It's it's probably half of that. But yeah, that's gonna bring us on to you, Stephen. So I'm gonna have to. Me. I'm gonna have to ask you to shut the fuck up. Speak when spoken to. I'm gonna I'm gonna do your team, and I will give you my grade, sir. Yep. So P Mahomes at the one eight. Just tell me how that felt. It probably felt a lot like when I watched my first child be born. Just pure joy. T- Brian, it was like <laughs> watching your first child be born. If it was your, if it was a son. Oh fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I know that feeling regardless of, of gender, but, you know, getting that getting that first son, uh, I'll tell you what, I tried, I, I literally tried to trade with every single person from the 1-1 to where I picked at the 1-8 to take Mahomes, and he just kept falling. And I and we were in the, the, the show chat when I was drafting this, and I, I kept Oh, I saying, remember. I can't believe I might get Mahomes at one eight. I can't, you know. And, and then it happened, and uh, I was ecstatic. So yeah, in a super flex league to get Mahomes at the one eight is uh, unheard it's an of. Excellent feeling, and probably will never experience it again. But just the simple fact I was able to live it once 
but was yeah. great. So you get Mahomes at the one eight, you trade for the one nine. What made you want to uh, trade for that one nine to grab Chubb? Um, I actually traded for it later, I believe. Actually, no, I didn't. I did it right away. Uh, I I wanted to grab a, another running back. I wanted to make sure I had that position locked down. Yeah. And then I figured my my second round pick, I would also take one, or, or see who fell for wide receivers. I had my eyes on AJ Brown or, or Justin Jefferson. I thought about taking DeAndre Hopkins there too, but ultimately ended up taking Zeke so that I had, I think, the best uh, running back combination in the league. Yeah, that's definitely a tough one to to beat. You know, obviously Chubb and uh, Zeke are pretty fucking good. The only one that's even sniffing it is Cook Dobbins. Yep. And even then, you'd have to put a, a little more faith in Dobbins than I'm willing to do mm-hmm. to get there. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, so I'm with you. I'm with you. So uh, then you trade your third round pick, which ended up being Justin Herbert. So what I did was back to the 311 to take Dak. So what made you want Dak over Herbert? So I actually drafted Herbert and Casablanca maxes me and said, hey, man, I really wanted Herbert there. What would it take? And I'm like, um, you know, I knew Dak was there. I'm like, you know what? Give me an offer. So he he gives me his 10th round pick, which was a 10-2. And I took Prescott. So I moved down three more spots, got Prescott and a 10th round pick to take a quarterback who I have one spot higher. Yeah. You know, I wanted yeah. Herbert just, just for a, a different stack than Mahomes and Dak, but I'm fine with the Mahomes-Dak stack. So The Dak stack. Yeah. So wide receivers, 4-5, 6-9, 6-5. You take Terry McLaurin, Cortland Sutton, Adam Thielen. Pretty fucking dope. Hard to argue with that. Most are at the 7-8. Already been replaced. He's fucking nobody. Juju, Brandon Cooks, Cole Komet is a guy I like to hold on to, wait and see. Not sure how I feel about him as my tight end one. You might be receiving a downgrade for that. Mike Davis at the 10-2. Steal of the draft. Every draft we do, he's the steal of the draft. Yeah. Because nobody really believed that he would hold on to that job, but it's certainly looking like he's going to. Yeah. <laughs> So you take Jamie's Winston as your QB three. Were you surprised he uh, survived all the way to the eleventh round? Originally, as the draft was unfolding, I did not expect him to make it that far. As the draft progressed, because I kept thinking to myself, "Man, I got to take him." About the eighth round, I was starting to think I got to take another quarterback soon, and I just kept taking position guys, and there wasn't really a run on the second quarterback yet. So you know, once Ryan went off and Cousins. I knew it was it was just about time. So, mm-hmm. so the next the next pick kind of baffles me a little bit. You take Jared Goff mm-hmm. right after taking Jameis Winston. You have your three quarterbacks locked up, and you still decide to use a pick on Jared Goff. You're gonna have to help me out with that. So I knew I didn't have a rookie first, so I wasn't gonna get another quarterback to develop. So I, if I wanted another a fourth quarterback, just in case Winston doesn't get the job. I need a third guy. Or somebody gets hurt, I, I need that extra bye week, and I like having four quarterbacks in a super flex. Well, I, I don't blame you there, but why take why take Goff over Darnold, Fitzpatrick? Because I think that they're going to throw a ton. I'll take the chance with him. Fitzpatrick's just a, a one-year rental. Uh, at least I'll have Goff for two. Yeah. And Darnold was still on the Jets at the time, so I wanted nothing to do with that. 
Yeah, but everybody knew he was going to get traded. I did not expect them to trade him. I, I really thought that they were going to keep Donald. Hmm. All right. Well, that explains that then. Um, so at 12-9, you take uh, Hayden Hurst, Lynn Bowden at the 14-5, and DJ Dallas at the 15-8. I think I've been pretty vocal in expressing my distaste for those two players. Mm-hmm. Preston Williams at the 16th, Scotty Miller in the 17th, Dan Arnold as your tight end three. Geo, what a steal. Steal of the draft. Obviously has some PPR upside, especially now he's in Tampa, which is even better. And Anthony Ferkser is a great late round flyer. Not sure I would have done it with the amount of tight ends you have, but what else are you taking down there, right? You know? Yeah, it, it was him or uh, there really wasn't anybody else for wide receivers that I even would consider. Yeah, It's one of those things where I can always cut Arnold if I need to. Preston Williams, I think I've already been cut. But usually yeah. at the end of the draft like that, I'm, I'm just grabbing guys that potentially will help my team by being able to well, just by years. being able to be dropped for somebody that's relevant. Because I, I literally do not have to think whether or not I'm going to drop Preston Williams if I see somebody that I missed or if somebody becomes available. There's no question. So I usually like to have one or two guys yeah. at the end of the draft that I can do that with. I don't feel bad about it, and it's a no-brain decision. So let me ask you. At the 10-5, you take Cole Komet. The 11-9 was yep. Irv Smith. Why in God's green earth would you take Cole Komet over Irv Smith? I don't know. I wanted to try something different. It's not tight end premium. If it's not a tight end premium league, I don't put a whole lot of stock in the tight end if I don't have one of the top three guys. So I missed on Fant, which really hurt because I I really wanted to take Fant. I wasn't really that concerned with it. Because I passed on Smith, I passed on Goddard. Both guys I probably would have rather had. Uh, I'm fine with taking the chance on Komet. Okay. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Komet. I, I, I like him as a wait-and-see guy. I, I, I think there's a lot of potential there. I just I think Irv Smith is uh, poised for a breakout season this year. And oh, I definitely think you this is This be. is the cheapest you were ever going to get him, and mm-hmm. so I'm just kind of surprised you passed. But He's just trying to do something different. Okay. That's all. I have a lot of Irv Smith. So, so that's going to bring us on to your rookie draft. You did not have a first-round pick. That went to Rab himself. The 2-8, you take Elijah Moore. The 3-5, Des Fitzpatrick. The 4-8, Chris Evans. I know uh, Chris Evans is one of your favorite fourth-round picks. You got him. You must have been happy with that. You know, nice little wait-and-see guy, taxi squad guy. Yep. Des Fitzpatrick was somebody that I immediately clung on to as like, all right, this is somebody I need to grab. And then the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to fade him because I kind of believe in Josh Reynolds a little more than other people, apparently. Well, the experts, but you know. It, it was either it was either him or Nico Collins. Yeah. Because everybody else that I would have taken went ahead. Oh, no, yeah, so. no, no. I'm not saying it's a bad pick. I'm just I'm just analyzing the player. It's I mean, it's the third yeah. round. There are no good picks. No, no. And, he, and he's a guy, and I agree with you, I think Josh Reynolds does a lot better than, than people think. And Fitzpatrick's a guy that I think develops it. And it's going to be a year. I think sometime next season that is where he actually starts to have an impact. I could be wrong. It could be sooner. But I, I do think in Tennessee he does have an impact. And uh, obviously you know I love myself some Elijah Moore. So mm-hmm. can't really bang it too bad on the rookie draft. There's a couple of small second guesses on the veteran draft. But overall, I, I think he put together a, a, a fucking squad here. And I don't think I can give you the top score. I don't think I can. Fuck, your top score is only an 8.2. I know, I know. I'm th- My team's way better than that. <laughs> I know, I know. But I just don't like you. 
<laughs> well, I mean, there is that. I, I can't, I can't fault you with that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I definitely, I think I'm gonna have to give you the top score. You're a piece of shit. Thank you. Yeah, I gotta go. I'm gonna go eight point eight. Eight point eight. I'm gonna leave myself okay. a little room for growth. That's gonna bring us on to Rab himself, who did not have a first round pick because he traded it to you in the second round. He takes Aaron Jones, my favorite dude to grab. I cannot believe he goes this late on after two top five finishes the last two years. He still does not get respect. I love it. I love it. Please do not let his ADP climb. Please. Yeah. I was so hoping oh, you would yeah. follow me when I took Please G. do not let his ADP climb. I, I Thank you, fantasy community. His first quarterback is Joe Burrow. His second one is Matt Stafford. That's a little scary to me because Joe Burrow hasn't really proved it yet. Matt Stafford I'm fine with, but he's on the older side. I think there were better options. to. T- I mean, he took Joe Burrow before Dak. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yep. dude. Nope. Not me, brother. And if I'm taking an older quarterback, it ain't Matt Stafford. It's Aaron fucking Rodgers. No, it would have been Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have definitely taken Aaron Rodgers there. So, a couple second guesses there. He takes DJ Moore in the fifth, Brandon Ayuk in the sixth, Carson Wentz as his third quarterback, which I'm fine with. I think he could end up starting for you, to be honest. Zach Moss mm-hmm. in the eighth, Denzel Mims in the ninth, Michael P. Ryan in the tenth, Daryl Henderson in the eleventh, Herb Smith in the eleventh. Great pick like i said i i think he's poised for a breakout he'll be top eight for sure i love herb smith Miko hardman in the 12th gus edwards 13th jamal williams 14th donovan peoples jones oj howard who i think is largely irrelevant mark ingram sammy watkins albert o jack doyle miles boykin and latavius murray you think i have too many tight ends? wow he's got the same amount doesn't he no, wait till you get to the rookie draft. Oh no! What do you do? Oh what do you yes. Do? Oh, oh, just wait bro. till you get there. What? What's his biggest need on this team right now? <sighs> his biggest. Oh, yeah. Switch back. Uh, his biggest need on this team. Yeah, he needs an RB two. Like bad, bad, bad. Yep. Yep. Bad, bad, but bad. I can't fault him for who he, he takes. He literally here. has just... zero running backs behind Aaron Jones. Yep. I think he. Did pretty well with his wide receivers. I don't like the fact that you're going to have to start Miko Harmon every week in a flex. But the vet draft, all in all, I just I probably wouldn't have traded Chubb. Like, mm-hmm. I, what did he get for Chubb? My first in the rookie. Yeah, what a dunce. I get my rookie first, my first next year in 2022, and my 13th round pick in the vet. So you gave him a 13th vet and one rookie pick. I gave him a 13th vet. I gave him 105 in this rookie. And then a 2022 rookie first. What? 2022 first. So you gave him two, two, two firsts and a 13th round pick. And a okay. 13th round pick, yes. That's better. For Chubb. Yeah, I'm fine. As long as you get two firsts. I'm not trading that. I'm not trading Chubb for a lot. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. He got he got two firsts. I was pretty sure that I gave him my first next year, too, but. But, I mean, the, the 13th round pick, he took uh, Gus Edwards, which is not terrible. I mean, it's not terrible. Like, he's he's not the worst depth piece in the world, but you, you can't put him in there as an RB2, you know? <laughs> no. Yeah, so, I mean, I see some wide receiver depth. He traded a lot of his picks. That's basically the, the problem here. He, he traded around, yeah. He ended up with uh, seven rookie picks yeah. this year. So, so, 
Let's get right into the rookie draft. Uh, he uses your pick to take Kyle Pitts, which, I mean, thank God he finally gets tight end on lock. His yeah. next pick was Michael Carter. That's going to help his running back situation a lot. Kadarius Tony, this dude knows what the fuck he's doing. Ian Book. Ian Book should not be drafted. If this was a 10-round rookie draft, Ian Book should not be drafted. Are you fucking high, dude? What the fuck are you doing? Ian fucking Book. I don't even think the Saints should have drafted him. Never mind you. What are you doing, dude? He's fourth on the depth chart. You know who's above him? The punter. What What are you doing, man? Yeah. It's, it, dude, it's brutal. Like, what, what? In what fucking universe does Ian Book even have a chance of starting for the New Orleans Saints? No, no, I completely agree with you. So not only should he not have been drafted, but if you, you're desperate for a quarterback, you really need a quarterback in a couple years, Kyle Trask is available, Davis Mills is available, Kellen Mond's available. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be that harsh, but like, good lord. Yeah, no, you're definitely getting a downgrade for that pick. In the uh, second. Couple, I mean, got, yeah, in the second. He, he would have been there in free agency. I guarantee he would have been there in free agency. Yeah. And if he wasn't, then fuck him. Take him, like, with, one of your, take him with your last third round pick. He's going to be there. Well, you couldn't risk it. Yeah, no, no, you got <laughs> can't risk it. You might miss out on the best uh, bench warmer in New Orleans. Yeah, that's oh, crazy. Chubber Hubbard at the three one, Tywin Wallace at the three four, uh, Kywin Hill at the three nine. Uh, I don't know his name because I've never heard of him before. We started doing fantasy drafts. He was a seventh round pick. He sucks. He's not good. He, he's he's terrible. behind their second round pick from last year, AJ Dillon. <laughs> Who had one start last year and rushed for 120 yeah. yards. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Kylan Hill, uh, I don't think, ever sees the field in Green Bay. But uh, at least he did He did attempt to address running back in the rookie draft, which is nice. He got a good quality wide receiver, another stab at a wide receiver. He did take Kyle Pitts, so he'll be all set for years to come at, at tight end to go. You know, mm-hmm. if Irv Smith doesn't break out, if he does, you, you know, you still got Pitts. He's got plenty of depth there. That, you know, still a, a huge hole at running back, but that can be addressed next year. He's he's got plenty of picks. You know, he's a team builder yeah. for the future. Well, he's got two firsts next year, yep. right? At, at least, so, yeah. I mean, Michael Carter is a nice little piece to build around. I I believe in Michael Carter. I know that I'm the highest on him, but no, I mean, I'm um, I'm fine with Carter, and he also has P Ryan, so he he's got the guy that's going to start for the Jets. Whichever one. Yeah, it is. I just said he has Michael Carter. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm definitely the highest out of the three yeah, of us. No, no, right? absolutely. So I, I get it, but at the same time, like I, I think we all agree he's a nice little piece to build around for the future, at the very yep. least. And I think he addressed his wide receiver depth, his running back depth. It's just, I mean, even if he did not have the two eleven, if it just was somebody else's, I would give him a much higher grade. But I cannot overlook Ian fucking book. Yeah. It's just ultimately a bad pick. It, it, it's going to drastically affect his grade. Yeah. Like, drastically affect it. All in all, I don't think he did that bad of a job. It, when you combine the vet and the rookie, I think he put together a decent little squad. I do. But we're not grading the team. We're grading the draft. And if I'm grading your draft, I have to look at your missteps along the way. You have several. 
Ian Book being the chief among them, 4.9. Whoa. I, th- that Ian Book pick is inexcusable. Inexcusable. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. So, wow. I don't think we've ever had one sub five, have we? No, never. But I've never seen Ian Book get drafted. Well, well, no, no, I, I, I'm not. Def- I'm not defending it at all. Um, so I'm taking into account Ian Book, but I'm also taking into account that he's got two first round picks next year. I'm going to give him a five point seven. Yeah, just because of the potential. Mm-hmm. That's going to bring us on to sixty nine. Ryan, what up, dude? You want to sixty nine? He takes Josh Jacobs at the one ten. Huge fucking mistake. DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson instead of Dak. Huge fucking mistake. I'm fine with the Wilson pick there because he stacks in with Metcalf. I'm not. I'm not. I. I'm sorry. No. I'm done with Wilson, dude. I'm done. Like. And that's fine. How many fucking years am I going to see him just trail off in the second half of the year? No, no, and I, and like, that's did, fine. I agree with you. I just because yeah. he took Metcalf and wanted to stack him, I I can understand that pick. It wouldn't I mean, have I been can my understand pick, wanting. I, I can understand. Yeah, I, I can understand wanting to stack, but at the same time, if I draft Allen Robinson, I don't have to have Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. You know? No, no, I I completely understand that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I like having a good stack too, but it's going to be a good stack. You know, they they both have to be exceptional, and I don't think he got that here. And if he had Dak, his team would be better. Stack or no stack, his team would be better if he had Dak. Yep. James Robinson, I am not going to take any points off because nobody expected him to draft E.T. in the first nope. round. So, I think it was a great pick. It didn't work out for you, unfortunately, but it was a great pick. Uh, Jerry Judy in the fifth, it's a little high. It's a little high. I like Judy's upside, and he's somebody I do target in my drafts, but he's somebody I look for in, like, late sixth, early seventh. I think that the fifth round is just, it's a little too early. There was a lot of talent left on the board. Oh, a ton of talent. When you took Judy. Yeah. Yeah. Tons. And I get it. I believe in him, too, but let's let's be real. Uh, Hawkinson, 6'3", awesome. Cooper Cup, the very next pick was Robert Woods. Yep. When has Cooper Cup ever been the wide receiver one on that team? Um, before Woods came. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, I mean, I know, you know, he did outperform him in, in fantasy the year before. Cup had a better fantasy year than Woods, but because it was because of a huge boost in touchdowns, which I think last year made it clear was somewhat of an aberration. Mm-hmm. You know, he went five, six, and three. And the only year he outperformed Woods, he had ten. So you got five, six, and three, and then ten. Which one do you think is the outlier? You know? (laughs) Jalen Rager in the eighth, I'm fine with. It's an upside play. We'll see what happens. Derek Carr is my wide receiver, too. Really not thrilled about, dude. Quarterback, too. I'm sorry. Yes, quarterback, too. If I have Russell... See, I'm fine with Carr there. I'm okay with it. If I have Russell Wilson as my QB1, I want... A higher caliber yeah, QB. Yeah, I probably would have taken Matt Ryan instead because the upside for him is much higher. Because I already have the decent floor with Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even Kirk Cousins. And Cousins to me is more is kind of on the same level as as Carr. He's a solid play. I'm not going to get a huge week out of him. Whereas with Ryan, I can get that big big week. I, I might have even waited or tried to take. Uh, I, you know, fits later on to get that one one year 
big boom guy. Mm-hmm. But I, I definitely wouldn't have taken two floor guys. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what I'm getting at. I mean, you know, Derek Carr has one top 12 finish in his whole fucking career. And Cousins has... Cousins has one. Three. Since he's been in Minnesota, four. he has one. Uh, he had three in yeah. he had three in Washington. So, I mean, that's that's what I but that's yeah. what I'm getting at though. Is that there's a lot more upside with Kirk Cousins than Derek Carr in my mind? Because I don't think I don't think Derek Carr's on the rise. I think he's on the fall. The wide receivers <laughs> in, in uh, Minnesota are much better. So yeah, now you get Justin Jefferson. Irv Smith's about to break out. Adam Thielen's a red zone machine. Like yeah. And uh, Dalvin Cook's a pass catcher, so yep. Kirk Cousins didn't even have to work for his money. You know, he just shows up, tosses the ball in the air, somebody catches it, done. Mike Williams has effectively been replaced in the draft, as far as I'm concerned. Dallas Goder, fine. You already have Hawkinson. He's a fine tight end, too. Brian Edwards absolutely fucking blows. Terrible, terrible, terrible wide receiver. I don't know. Raider, I don't Raider see Nation a... loves him. Yeah, they, well, they do. Good I, for I them. don't know why, but they do. Uh, Lev Bell is he on a team? Yes. What? He, he's on the uh, the bench team. <laughs> Unsigned. He, he, him and Frank Gore are, are starting their own uh, their own running back team. Yeah, there you go. They just want to keep playing. Yeah. Darrington Evans in the fourteenth. Not a bad little handcuff for Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry has not needed him yet, but you never know when that energy is going to happen. Yep. Roethlisberger is my QB3. I'm fine with. Ben Snell was worth the gamble during the veteran draft. Boston Scott, fine, whatever. And that's pretty much yeah. it as far as his uh, relevant players. Do you see any egregious reaches other than the ones we just talked about? No, Judy's the biggest one. Uh, other than that, uh, the rest of them, you can talk through them. Mike Williams, for me, I have never been on the Mike Williams train. I have only ever drafted him yeah, same. one time. And... Taking him in the tenth round is ten rounds too early, in my opinion. <laughs> but there was a ton of talent that went after him in like the next three rounds that all finished. Like he finished at the wide receiver forty six. So after him, Marvin Jones, Darnell Mooney, if you believe he's going to break out, which a lot of us do. Yeah. Ty yep. Hilton, I would much rather have Cole Beasley, Antonio Brown, Jamison Crowder. All those guys are guys that I would take over Mike Williams without even a thought. So yeah, and I mean I remember like the the only time I ever believed in Mike Williams was his rookie year because I watched his college tape. I was oh, like, yeah. oh my god, it, this kid's amazing. Yeah. He sucks. Uh, it's just it's <laughs> just another. Bust. It's just a, he's just he's another guy that's never translated well to fantasy. That's a, and, and it happens, but you can't keep kidding yourself that this is going to be the year. It's not. It's never going to happen for Mike yeah. Williams. Just got to not draft him uh, or take a twentieth round flyer on him. You're not disappointed at that point, but yeah, it's way too early for Mike Williams. But in the rookie draft, he takes ET, handcuffs James Robinson. You never know; James Robinson might hurt his foot or something. Obviously, ET's not going to start. I mean, he's just a third down back. Diami Brown in the two ten, Amari Rogers at the three three. Which my ADP is probably a little early, but I'm fine with it because I believe in Amari Rogers. I like him a lot. Ramondre Stevenson at the 410. It's a fourth round pick. Like, I don't believe in Ramondre Stevenson, but I don't believe in any of them. So it is what yeah. it is. What do you think about his rookie draft as a whole? I like the rookie draft. He, he did what he had to do there with the first round pick with ET. You got Robinson. It's a bum deal, but you take his handcuff, and at least you have your RB2 locked up. And 
maybe Robinson gets traded. You know, maybe uh, it works out to kind of a Chubb hunt deal and you, you can get something for him. So I'm fine taking that gamble. At least you can put somebody in your running back two spot week one comfortably. The rest of the pick I'm good with. He got decent value at Dami Brown. I'm fine with Rodgers in the third. I mean, obviously he's not picking until the end of the fourth. So if you want to take the flyer on that guy, you, you have to take him early in the third instead of middle to late. So Stevenson there comparing to LeGarrette Blunt, So he might uh, develop into a goal <laughs> line back. I don't think so. Yeah. I, th- I think he could be a goal line back for sure. I just, you know, he's less athletic than LeGarrette Blunt, oh, yeah. which is tough to say, but. That's why Laguerre Blunt had uses other than just goal right. line back. He's the guy, like I said, you need exactly one yard, and you give it to Ramondre Stevens and go, dude, just fall forward. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, at the end yeah. of the fourth round, <laughs> when, when you're just kind of grasping at who the fuck do I draft now because there's nobody relevant left. Yeah, he's worth the he's flyer. Worth flyer. I suppose. Yeah. So. But all, all in all, I mean, the fact that he handcuffed Robinson, like, it sucks to do it. Yeah. Like, it, it, it sucks for your team, but what else are you going to do? Yeah, it just you know? it was a, it was an unfortunate situation you ended up in. It, it is what it is. I actually give him a couple of points for doing it because it's gonna it's gonna give him some flexibility down the road, and eventually, ultimately, should make his team better. So I mean, all in all, man, I'm look I'm looking at this team and it's fucking bad. I didn't even talk about Josh Jacobs. What the fuck are you smoking, taking Josh Jacobs at the one ten? Is this 2019? Like you took him before. Antonio Gibson, I I might be able to give you that. I might. You took him before Aaron Jones, before Zeke, before Swift, before Dobbins, before Eckler. He showed you what he was last year. Hit or miss, boom or bust, 30 points or four. He's not a consistent starter. He is not going to help your team. He's only going to help your team every other week. Yeah. I don't get it. He's a flex guy. He's a guy that should be taken in the third or fourth round that you could put in your flex. People still believe in him. I don't oh, yeah. get it. I uh, really don't. They're waiting for the breakout, and uh, it's not going to happen. Not with Gruden. They they just <sighs> continue to bring in. I mean, they just brought Kenyon Drake in, so he's going to take touches. He's going to take receiving work. Jacobs is, is going to be in a 50-50 split, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. So, overall, other than running back, not a ton of terrible needs. A couple of question marks. But running back's a glaring hole. Uh, I, I ended up giving him a, a 6.3, Brian. 6.3. So there's a couple of egregious reaches in here. Jacobs, Judy, even Rager, who is not a player I hate, but there were some really talented players that went after him. Mike Williams, even Brian Edwards. There were There were players after him that I liked better, and... You know, same with the rookie draft. It's like, I mean, the I mean, the rookie draft he did well. I shouldn't say that. Uh, he did really well in the rookie draft. But yep. What was your score? Six point seven. Six point three. Six point three. Yeah, I I gotta go lower than that. I'm gonna say five point nine. Okay. And that's gonna bring us on to Casablanca, who was the commissioner of this fine league. Thank God for him for putting all you scrubs together. To uh, try to make this uh, league work. In the first round, he takes A.J. Brown, then Antonio Gibson, Justin Herbert as the 3-8, and Jalen Hurts at the 4-2. He goes back-to-back quarterback after trading with you for Herbert. 
Love that little stack there, by the way. Uh, Chris Carson is his RB2. Kenny Galladay is his wide receiver, too. He takes Debo Samuel, Curtis Samuel, Damian Harris, John New Smith, Marvin Jones, Devin Singletary, Philip Lindsay, Adam Trotman, Nelson Aguilar, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Anthony Miller. He has a lot of picks missing from this veteran draft. So he had to make the most of them. I think he did reasonably well. You know, I mean... I think you can definitely roll into the season with Brown, Galladay, Samuel Jones as your wide receivers and flexes. And I don't think it would kill you to roll into the season with Gibson and Carson as your RBs one and two. What do you think? No, I'm fine with those guys. Um, And even with Harris as your third running back, I'm okay with that. The biggest thing I see is for need is tight end. He has Jonu and I'm okay with that. I'm more okay with Jonu than Henry. Yes, me too. But I am not a believer in in Troutman. I think he's probably two years away. Yeah, if at all. If at um, all. And that's more what worries me with Troutman is if at all. But I'll take the chance, you know, in, in the middle or, or later. I think he got him in the 14th round. So I'll, I'll take that chance on him there. I would have liked to see him address... You know, maybe grab another tight end at some point, uh, but he didn't. Yeah. But, I mean, overall, wide receivers, I I, I like his wide receiver core. I I like the quarterback setup he has. As down as I am on Hurts, I like him pairing him up with Herbert there and taking fits. I like the mix that he had for his three quarterbacks. Running backs are concerned. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. Chris Carson, anytime I got to depend on him, uh, it's a concern for me. But where he's missing... Some of these picks in the veteran draft, that should mean he's got some additional picks in the rookie draft. Well, I hate to bring it to you, but he does not. He has the 1-2, which he used on Jamar Chase. He has the 3-2, which he used on Josh Palmer. And the 4-11, which he used on Cornell Powell. Powell! (laughs) He goes into the draft, takes three wide receivers, no running backs, no tight ends, no quarterbacks. Yeah. At 1.2, as much as I like Chase, I would much rather have seen him either take Pitts and address that need or take E.T. I probably would have rather seen him take E.T. and address the running back. Well, it's definitely, it's tough. It's tough for me. I, I think Jamar Chase is such a generational talent, but I think Pitts is too. I, I think it's a hard, I think it's a coin flip, man. I'm never going to knock anybody for taking one over the other. No, no, and I'm not. I'm definitely not going to really take points off because I think that the difference between Chase and Pitts is minimal, whereas the difference between both of those guys and ET is actually fairly substantial. So mm-hmm. I, I would rather have both of those guys than ET. Unfortunately, his team needs ET mm-hmm. or Pitts more so, I think, than Chase. But I'm not going to take points off for it. Really, yeah, but so I, I just mean, would have liked to see it. So obviously, for this year, I think. See, that's the thing, though. Is like, would Pitts help him more this year? I don't know. Like, tight ends typically take a little longer to develop. Uh, do I think Pitts is ready day one? I I think he will be, but I don't know. You know, right. it's like. So maybe Jamar Chase helps him more this year than Pitts would have, and I don't know. Maybe he can pull a trade. I don't know, but. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I get your point, though. He definitely he needs running back and tight end. There's no question yeah. about it. So um, he did he did make a trade, and I don't remember when it was, but he does have a different running back. He's got Eckler now. It, it wasn't during the draft. Eckler? No shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge upgrade. It is. I was just looking at his team to see if he gained picks next year, but he doesn't. He's got all his picks next year. So whatever he finagled, he traded for with Carson to upgrade to Eckler, which is great. And he's also got Tyreek Hill now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His his team has uh, improved quite a bit since the draft. No kidding. All right. So he's obviously in good shape. Uh, we're only judging the draft. So fuck your team now. Right. Yeah. So because of the serious concerns at running back, it's definitely going to harm his grade. I like his quarterback situation. I like his wide receiver situation. But like you said, that, that tight end situation could be a lot better. I am going to give him a 7.2. Okay. Yeah, I I have him at a 7.1 with where the draft's at. And then with the with the moves I just looked at offseason or after draft. And uh, yeah. I have him much higher than that. He's up around the 8. So, Casablanca, you're listening. You, you did get much better after the draft, so kudos for that. Yeah, I, I still think he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Most commissioners are. I know I know ours is. So that's going to bring us on to Truck Rice, y'all. Tyree Kill at the 112, Justin Jefferson at the 2-1. Obviously, I don't like going wide receiver, wide receiver. I don't. You got to take at least one running back with one of those picks, in my opinion. Yep. Otherwise, they suffer. And to top it off, he goes George Kittle in the third. So his running backs one and two are Joe Mixon and Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt's a nice little depth piece. If he's my wide receiver three or four, I am just thrilled. But Joe Mixon, he gets hurt. And even when he doesn't get hurt, he doesn't always perform that well. I don't know. I just, like, do I really want to count on him as my RB1? Like, this is Dynasty, dude. You suck with, you're stuck with that motherfucker for life. You know? <laughs> yeah. So looking at the draft, when you first start out, you're at the number 12 spot. So you have the rookie 1-1. One, so, yeah, I, all right. I can I can kind of fuck around with Yeah, figure out Najee. Yeah. Figure out Najee. Right. Spoiler alert. He didn't go that route. But you're literally looking at a running back core, and I know you haven't gone all the way through it, but I'm going to skip ahead to the other two mm-hmm. running backs he drafted. He takes A.J. Dillon and Tony Pollard. So you literally have three handcuffs and Joe Mixon. I think Kareem Hunt's more than a handcuff. He is more than a handcuff, but he is a flex guy, and he has a ton of value if Chubb misses games. But for your running back, two, I don't know that I like it. No, 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 no. I do not like him as my two. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, and, and potentially my one when when or yeah, when Mixon gets, gets hurt. hurt yeah. Time. So so uh, after Hunt, he takes Chase Claypool, Robert Woods, AJ Dillon, Marquise Brown, Sam Darnold, Tony Pollard, Darnell Mooney, Gabriel Davis, KJ Hamler. Austin Hooper, Tyler Johnson, Rashad Perryman, Traquan Smith, and Kiki Cutie. He he went really wide receiver heavy throughout the entire draft. Mm-hmm. 
he left the veteran draft with one quarterback. Yeah. Like, good lord, dude. You use that term somewhat loosely because it was Sam Darnold. Boy, he's one quarterback. You're going to count him as less than one? Jeez Louise. No, I... How low How low are you? I use the term quarterback loosely because oh. <laughs> Sam Darnold is a 20 interception season away from being unemployed. Oh, that's not nice. Two words, Adam no, Gase. No, so okay. Sam Darnold was extremely prone to interceptions and turning the ball over at USC as well. Oh, yeah, even at USC. Yes. Yeah. So if he can get that, the, the turnovers back under 10, I think he's fine. And I don't hate Donald. Don't don't hear what I'm not saying. But I don't want Sam Donald to be my quarterback. One, going into the rookie draft where I don't have the 1-1 anymore because I traded it. Yeah. Not only is he your one, in the veteran draft, he's your QB one and only. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that brings us to the rookie draft where he trades for the 1-4 and gets T-Law. So how do you like that? He gets Trevor Lawrence even out of the 1-1. Cannot fucking believe he did not go 1-1 in a super flex. Nope, traded down. It worked out for him because he ended up with two first-round picks. But, yeah, that was a big gamble. Granted, you traded the 1-4, you're guaranteed to get one of four quarterbacks. Well, that's what he, he he was probably thinking, like, oh, well, either Najee or Chase will probably go in the first three. So even if Lawrence goes 101, I should be able to get Wilson or Fields, and I'll be all right, mm-hmm. you know? At four, trading down there, you're definitely going to get a quarterback. And he picked up another pick. Which he used for Devonta Smith. In the 212, he got Javion Hawkins. Way too early for Javion Hawkins. Like, capital W, way too early for Javion Hawkins. I don't Brian, think he's if you a- don't have another pick until the end of the fourth, which is where he's at, if you like the guy and you believe in him, you got to take him there. No, no, not in the second. There's other guys with way more upside. I agree with that, and you, and you agree with that, but if he liked the guy at 212, that's where he's got to take him. Not really. He could have taken him at the 4-9. He wouldn't have been there. More likely than not, he Guarantee you he wouldn't have been there. Oh, because you I, I can guarantee you for a fact I would have taken him in the third. Yeah. You would have taken him that early? Yeah. Well, then I think you're just as dumb as him. How about that? <laughs> sure. So, yeah, I, I just I think that's too early. I think he's a fourth-round guy. I don't like... I have Mike Davis, so I would have taken him as my handcuff in the third. That's true. He does have more value if you have Davis. That's true. I, I just, to me, he's he should be in the fourth round. To see him go in the second, I have to call it like I see it. There was other guys I personally would have taken there. I, I probably would have reached... Knowing I can't draft to the fourth, I probably would have reached for Elijah Mitchell there. And I'm not a big Mitchell guy, but I probably would have reached for him there. Yeah. Given his team makeup and situation. I was thinking more uh, Amari Rogers, Josh Palmer. He doesn't need wide receiver. No, he doesn't, but... That's the thing. But like, if Hawkins never sees the field, then he's not more valuable than one of those wide receivers, you know? No, but that's what I'm saying. I would have reached down and taken Mitchell because with San Francisco's injury history at running back, there's a good chance Mitchell plays. Yeah, there's a chance. So I would have taken that chance because he definitely doesn't need wide receiver. Or I would have taken Hubbard, who went the next pick. Yeah, I don't really believe in him. But The 490 takes Kellen Mond, who's one of my favorite wait-and-see guys. Great fucking pick. And Jamie Newman. Well, he took Hurts' handcuff, but he doesn't have Hurts. So. Yeah, so... If Jalen Hurst doesn't work, they're not going to start Jamie Newman. 
They're going to draft somebody to replace Jalen Hurts. So Newman has zero value, none. He's almost, almost, not not as much, but almost as dumb as Ian Book. You have Lawrence, you have Mont. I mean, great, it's the last pick. So, like, how much can I really hate it? But how much can I love it? Like, like he's fucking useless. You might as well have just left it blank, you know? Yeah. I'm not even wasting a taxi spot on that fuck. I'll go find some positional player to throw in my taxi spot that has at least a fucking ounce of upside because Jamie Newman has none. None. Your thoughts? I completely agree. <laughs> There's nothing else I can say about that. I, I can pick 15 guys out of this list that I would rather have than him. That yeah. Went undrafted. Uh, an undrafted free agent QB. Yep. Like, name the one time that's ever worked out. What, Kurt Warner? Give me a fucking break. He was, even he wasn't that good. Wow. So, time to grade. Obviously, running back is a big problem. He has Kittle. He has Hooper. He's also at a tight end. He straightened out his uh, quarterback's problem in the draft for the most part. So, I'm not going to give him a bad grade. I think he fixed a lot of his problems in the uh, rookie draft, but... He is going to lose a lot of points because of his running back situation. And I am going to go ahead and give him 6.9. And I feel like I'm being generous. Yeah. Um, I love his wide receivers. Unfortunately, you can't start that many wide receivers. <laughs> the highest of the three of us on Kittle. But, yeah, I hate to do it to him, but I got to give him a 6 Point seven. 6.7. All right. So our averages are pretty close. Obviously, I have a uh, a much higher. So let me take out yours, by the way. Let me see what that does. Oh, my God, dude. They're almost identical, our averages. Yeah. Uh, so I took out your score, so we'd have the same number. I am at 6.55, and you are at 6.58. Yeah. So... With your score in there, I'm at 6.74, 6.58. My score for me would be, you had me at an 8.8. Eight, eight, I have myself at an 8.7. So it, it's very close. So typically we like to say that really competitive leagues are going to be in the sevens or above. So there is some lopsidedness in this league. There are some teams that are clearly better than others. And there are some teams that are just going to be bad. There's no way around it. They're going to be bad teams. And uh, I had Rab himself rated the absolute lowest. You had Locked and Loaded rated the absolute lowest. Uh, I had you rated the highest. And you had you rated the highest. But your your highest official score was Dakota Hall, yep. who was my second highest. You know, like you're a full four points higher than the guy I have rated lowest, you know, it's like, I mean, you're, you're worlds above him. You know, we've, we've graded other leagues where they're all in the, in the seven point range. Maybe somebody gets up into the low eights or somebody ends up with a low, a high six, but they're all close. And this isn't that league. It's just, there's teams that are clearly above others. Yeah. There's a ton of disparity in this league. I see four good teams. I see a couple of teams that are middle of the pack. 
and I see two really bad teams that are going to take a ton of work for a startup to be already severely rebuilding. You're like three years out. You know, there's not a stockpile of a ton of draft picks to make it up in the in the next year's draft. So yeah, going to have to be some salesmanship going on and a bunch of moves to prove on these teams. Like locked and loaded, I'm lower on his, but that's because all the pieces he picked for depth are fucking straight trash. <laughs> and that Keyshawn Vaughn pick at nine nine is never going to work out. So. I like Locked and Loaded. I, I like how you started building the team, and, and there's a ton of potential with this team. And I know that he's going to make good moves. He did great with the rookie draft. I do look for his team to improve next year significantly, so I don't think he ends up being at the bottom for very long. Some of the other teams, though, really need a ton of work. This is probably one of the leagues that I'm in that I see a big gap between teams that are going to be competitive and the teams that aren't. So, and now you know who the fuck you are. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good luck, everybody. A few injuries here can change everybody's future. Some guys not performing or overperforming can, can really shift how things go. But I think this is going to be a tough year for several teams in this league. Yeah. And I mean, obviously we're, we're all doing this as friends. Yeah, we're going to be harsh, but that's the whole point of it, right? We want to have a little fun with it, so we're going to be mean. We've had teams that we thought were pretty bad make the playoffs. It's like you just need a little bit of luck, right? A couple of uh, key free agent pickups, a little bit of luck with the health, and all of a sudden you're in it. So I think that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, you could send us a email at dddfantasyfootballgmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 508-343-8010. It will not ring. It'll go straight to voicemail. Obviously, uh, you know, you guys are listening to this, so I'm assuming you listen to the other stream and you know all about the giveaways. We're going to be announcing a new giveaway on our regular episode this week, so please tune into that. You know, we'll be happy to help you guys out, give you some free swag. And we hope you enjoyed the episode. Please tell your other league mates, you know, we'd love to do this for more leagues. Let people know how we feel and uh, have a little fun with it. We're trying to have a good time just like everybody else. So, you know, shit talking is half the fun of fantasy football, if not Oh, I think it's way more. Uh, Way more. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, did you have anything else you wanted to say to your league mates? No, I don't. Good luck, guys. And uh, we'll see you on the gridiron. All right. So you guys take it easy. Thanks for reaching out to us. We appreciate it. And we hope you enjoyed this episode.